obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. We are live on both Facebook and on Twitch. Welcome uh, to Sports on the Hill podcast, episode 296. Uh, my name is Robbie, and I'm joined uh, by uh, the, both members of the Power Play Point podcast, uh, Anna Knox and Gil, uh, the blue liner on point. Uh, Anna, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Hey. I would, ha- I, I know, I have to say for a Monday, uh, I, I had a, a pretty good day, and one more day at the kitchen renovations, and I'm on a field trip tomorrow, and it's a short week. First school. <laughs> nice, nice. I will say I'm also in a good mood. I also have a short week. I'm going on vacation. Uh, so on Friday, which is always my busiest day, and then the following Monday, so I got a four day weekend coming up. So I'm excited about that. My son uh, knocked it out of the park today at uh, in his uh, kindergarten interview. So I'm I'm proud of him. Uh, and uh, so that's that adorable as well. So um, I uh, I'm in a good mood as well. The Caps had kind of an up and down week. Uh, we'll get into that in just a couple of moments. Let me go over the timeline of tonight's podcast. Uh, we're going to start off with some Caps talk in just a couple of moments here with Gil and Anna. We're going to break down uh, the two and two week, uh, including a little bit of a recap of how last Monday went, even though we were live on air during it. Uh, but then we'll get Gil's take on that game. Plus, we will look at the three other games that didn't quite go as I had hoped. But Anna, I said two and two was what I was hoping for. I didn't know which two. Um, yeah. I wanted to get greedy and get that third one. Uh, that, that Vegas game was rough. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that as well. Uh, then afterwards, uh, at about 9.45 live or 40 minutes into the podcast, uh, I'm going to switch topics with Anna. We're going to bring in a special guest, and I'll introduce him when the time <gasps> oh. is uh, right, um, and uh, somebody who used to be on Twitch, and I've been interviewed on his podcast. He's been interviewed here. It's been over a year since uh, we've had him, and so I'm excited. He's a big 49ers fan, uh, so we're going to bring him on. Uh, we're going <laughs> to talk some San Francisco 49ers. I'm also going to bring in Dujanay, uh for that segment, and the four of us will uh, have a love fest for the 49ers because they vanquished uh, the Cowboys, uh, so and I appreciate that greatly. Uh, and uh, so we'll do that for about 15 minutes, and then I'll let you go, and then uh, we'll switch gears, and we'll talk about the rest of the NFL playoffs. There was some wild games Um and uh, so we'll have a lot to break down there. We'll also preview the two championship games that are next Sunday. 
uh, and uh, the conference championship ones. And uh, then we will switch gears and talk about the Wizards, including the big trade. Uh, Rui Hachimura is no longer a Wizard. And so we will break all that down with our Wizards roundtable uh, in a little bit. But uh, we did get a guard and three future picks back for him uh so we'll break the whole trade down uh with our team um uh, champ will be back on and as well as a rune so a full uh, show tonight lots of great guests uh, i'm super happy uh, to break all that down uh first uh, let's talk i want to talk to gil real quick i just finished uh, your most recent podcast uh, you guys did a great job breaking it down as you always do uh if anyone wants to check it out if you go sportsothp.com click on our podcast partners and click on the power play point podcast you can catch it uh it was released i believe last night and uh uh so i do want to get your initial thoughts on the week as a whole uh and what people uh could get listening to your show this week uh well the week as a whole uh could have been worse could have been better um i mean 500 hockey i mean it won't hurt you but it won't you know jack you up in the standings either and uh, they, they could have done better but you know again it could have been a lot worse uh the minnesota game was a bit, little bit disappointing uh, got bit in the ass a bit by uh, uh puck luck unfortunately bad puck luck and was was all there was to that game um and uh so ironically enough the feature game we covered was the islanders game the live game you guys did last week um uh, for once, you know, not a lot of uh, a lot of positives coming out of the team falling behind. So we we put the spotlight on that game. So that that's our feature game for this week. If you listen to this episode and uh, a couple little tidbits in there, I think the fans will find uh, very, very interesting in this week's episode. Yeah. And uh, Anna, sort of same question. What are, what are sort of your thoughts overall? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um so we had our kind of ADHD uh, live um, trying to multitask uh, game last week with the Islanders. Uh, fantastic to see that they bounced back. Although I will say, cause of that, you know, it, it was a little hardcore to watch the games for myself cause the mold, um, I, I didn't see any of the games this last week, but uh, Gil and I talked about him yesterday. I read stats, I saw who scored. And uh, I think I think I was probably the mm, hoping for more in that Minnesota game. Kind of knew the Vegas one was going to be a bust, and was happy with Arizona overall. Um, not happy with the with an Oshi lower body or um, Ovechkin lower body injury, but um, you know it is what it is. So it, it wasn't like Gil said; it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like holy shit, did you catch that <laughs> kind of kind of week? Yeah, I kind of feel a bit of the same. Uh, it's been frustrating. Um, I'm also a parent, so I have to like put the kids away. So I, I get glimpses in, in parts of the games early on, and then I try to focus in on the third period if I can, um, and the kids cooperate. But, uh, you know, it's frustrating. At least these games were later at night, so I got to catch more of them. So uh, that was really good. Uh, but 
uh definitely that vegas game i was like man am i really staying up super late on a saturday i mean there's just so many things i'd rather do late on a saturday night and watching the caps put that kind of effort out there is not in the top 10 so you know it's it, it's frustrating i had it on in the background as i always do because i kept on hoping that you know something would change and nothing really changed with regards to that game well uh, i took the cue from from both of you guys in the chat when it was like um, I staying up for this or you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I had it on and, and just thought, uh, you know, you know what? I just, I didn't feel it. I wasn't, I wasn't loving how they came out and, uh, yeah. And we'll talk about it in a little bit, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's, let's just go through it and we can break it down. Um, for people who are not watching live on Twitch, uh, this next like moment, uh, I'm you're not going to probably understand. But if you are watching on Twitch, uh, I have changed around all the graphics. Uh, there's now bit bosses. There's more games uh, that I've installed. I've uh, changed up so it now displays all the followers as they happen. I do have a follower goal. I'm trying to get to 500 follows um, uh, before we hit the end of season seven. So that's kind of the goal over the next couple of weeks. Um, so if anyone, you know, obviously share the stream out if you can let people know about it, but, um, I'm, I'm at 474. So that's my goal. And then also if you get follows or subs or any, uh, bits, uh, it does damage to what's called a bit boss, which is like a game that you can play, uh, to try to limit that. So just, you know, things to encourage people to have engagement with the stream over there on the Twitch side. I really do appreciate everyone on Facebook for submitting questions and stuff like that. I appreciate everyone uh, for tuning in like Andy and Chris and Carly live on Twitch as well. It's fun that we broadcast on so many different platforms at once. And I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Uh, but uh, Anna, let's go back in time and back to that Monday game that we were watching live and we were kind of seeing moments <laughs> and uh, things were a little bit frantic, but go through the goal scoring. Then I'm going to get Gil's thoughts on that game and then we'll move on through the week. Sure thing. Cause uh, I think we all learned I can't multitask. But that's okay. Uh, I I will admit it. I'll be the first one too. So last Monday we watched uh, the Caps headed to New uh, New York to play the Islanders. In the first period, the Islanders scored two times. Second period, New York scores at three fifty one to make it three zip. And Gail and I even talked about this yesterday. It was uh, almost exactly halfway into the game by one second. Um, Hathaway gets number seven at ten oh one, assisted by Ov and Mojo which is always great to see. Uh, then at 13.08, Tommy gets his number one, which is even cooler that he gets it because he's assisted by Nikki and, and Orloff. Uh, now it's 3-2, third period. The only goal is from everyone's favorite, number 77, uh, with the tip in at 5.54, um, heading to overtime. I know both of you guys, like number nine more than I do, but you know what? Hats off to him. He scores uh, to give at 427 to give the Caps a win, uh, which was fantastic to see. Uh, way to go, Gorloff. <laughs> Oops, I lost you. I can't Rob hear you. Robbie, Robbie, uh, I think you're muted. 
There oh, you yeah, go. I am. There we Sorry. go. I was I was doing something in the background. I didn't want the clickety clackety, <laughs> and uh, I could not get over to the unmute button fast enough. So anyway, uh, what I was saying was I was super happy with how it all went down. Uh, Dmitry uh, Orlov uh, really had a, a neat move. I kind of couldn't believe it was him at first because I was kind of right. watching it and kept talking. I was like, oh, that must have been somebody else, you know, you know <laughs> for, a forward uh, doing a, a, that kind of move. And uh, you clearly can see that he's learned so much from Ovechkin, right? Just and how he has his slap shot patented after him. And so many shots have so many, I would say, reminiscent features to them that, you know, remind me a lot of Ovechkin. They have a similar build, right? And he's obviously watched him play for all these years, both as a fan and then, you know, as a teammate. And uh, it's just nice to see him put together some of these moves. And I think Dmitry Orlov, uh, the last couple of seasons, you know, I think he's gone a lot under a lot of people's radar and he'll be an important person uh, going forward, especially because uh, we don't have him in contract for past this year. So it'll be uh, be interesting uh, to see. Um, Gil, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, well, the, the big play in this one was uh, the Ovechkin hit on uh, Pajot. Um, a few minutes into the uh, the second period, I think that's that's what woke the team up. And uh, just rem- a reminder that hey, we're we're a physical team. We can play that game. And when when you do that to a team that relies on speed and physicality like the Islanders, then it catches them off guard. The the, the Joby and Locker described it uh, perfectly. That's that's exactly what happened. It turned the whole complexion of the game around. And Caps took over and um, played well enough to take it to overtime. And then. Orloff did his thing and and that was it. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think we kind of went over it more on uh, last Monday. So if people want a more deeper dive into that game, they can go check it out in our live reactions to all the different moments uh, that uh, both in the videos are on YouTube. I do after every show, uh, highlight every one of these different segments and put them on our YouTube channel. Last week, I'll give a big shout out to Wizards fans was our most watched Wizards uh, segment of the season. So a lot of people interested in that this week, uh, but I do try to break it down by subject. So if people are just interested in whatever uh, subject they want to talk about, the Caps one's always part one, um, part two is either football or basketball, depending on the order we do it. And and then the other one's the third one. But uh, I hope people do go back and check those out sometimes if they miss the show live. But yeah, it, it was a, a good show and it was a definitely a highlight for me that they got that, that win especially uh with the cowboys getting uh the big win on that day um uh so uh but anyway let's move on uh and let's break down the next game yeah no problem uh tuesday the caps welcome the wild and first period Faravari. i wish i could say it like grant green but i don't know gil give it a shot how would you say it Faravari. Okay, I'll let, like I'll let that one go. Uh, gets number four at 1857. Um, second period, the Wild score three times. Uh, but Dylan Strom does get number uh, number nine at 505 with the tip in assisted by Farivari and the captain. Third period, Wild score at 1906 uh, with an empty netter. It was a 4-2 loss. This was the one I was really hoping that they were going to win and then carry the momentum into the rest of the week. Um, didn't quite happen. I think, Gil, you nailed it when we spoke yesterday saying uh, it, maybe it had to do with um, fatigue being one, one part of it. And then uh, just, I don't know. I, I wasn't frustrated, but I, was, I will say I was disappointed. Yeah. 
I, I was very disappointed. But this is what I want to talk about as a kind of a schedule loss. And I hate doing this because it's it's kind of uh, people don't like this part of the conversation. But I think it's important to have some teams get to have home and home you know, back to back games and some teams get zero of them in two seasons. And I don't really understand mm-hmm. why that's not more evenly distributed uh, across. And maybe I know that it's not easy to do, but we get shafted a lot on these you know, home and away back to back that. Um, it's tough. Now on the flip side, when we play this team, the next time I hear that we'll be on rest and they'll be on a back-to-back, like they try to do that a little bit, but, uh, it's just frustrating, um, that they're, we're basically served up on a platter to them, even, you know, if, uh, it's at home, you know, so it's just, it doesn't really work well for us often. Um, and it's disappointing, but, uh, Gil, what are some of your thoughts on that game? Oh, I, I have a thought on the scheduling, but no, we'll we'll be here all night. We'll be here all night if I go off on that. So, uh, watch it, watch it, Robbie. This could be a whole like yeah, episode a whole part two yeah. with Gil. Um, but uh, I mean, like we like we mentioned on on our episode that yeah, fatigue was was part of it. Uh, as I said earlier, bad puck luck was part of it too. Um, you know, I don't think the Caps made a bad effort in in the Minnesota game. Um, but yeah, they just, they ended up running out of gas. They made a go of it would have been nice if they could have taken it to overtime, but you know, it eventually just, you know, the playing 24 hours before, which I found out later, they probably shouldn't have had to do, uh, that that's one I wanted to mention, but I'm not going to go too deep into, um, finally caught up with them and, you know, you, you got, they, Minnesota has a bunch of physical guys on their team too. Um, and guys with speed and skill and it, 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 it's a grind. It wears on you. And they just, they just ran out of gas and it's hard to put out the effort you need when, when you're in, you know, your body just just saying, ah, I'm, I'm done. And, you know, come middle of the third period, you could tell, uh, just by looking at the body language and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna hang this on them. I don't think, I don't think it was anybody's fault. Certainly don't think it was Lindgren's fault. He couldn't even see the puck on some of the shots. So, you know, what wasn't a bad game. Just one of those things that, that comes with the territory in hockey. Yeah, for sure. And other, any other thoughts on that game? No, that was, that was pretty much it. It was a frustration, but yeah, not probably nearly as frustrated as the Vegas game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that one is more frustrating <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. Um, well, let's get into the good game. Um, and then we can, uh, we can get into that one. I, we had some friends that were at that game. So Gil, do you want to break that part of it down? Um, and then we can get into Anna's assessment of the actual game. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, yeah. My old friend, Pete Fisher, who's uh, out, out in that area, uh, Tempe, um, he's an ASU grad. Uh, anyone didn't know, uh, of course, that's where the, uh, the all new mullet arena is, is located on, on the grounds of, uh, ASU's campus. Um, and he had a, a part in the uh, design of the build as, as I mentioned earlier. So, uh, he was out there, uh, with some friends and, uh, he actually had a seat behind, uh, where the Capitals defended twice. And if you go on the power play point podcast, Facebook page, there's a video that he, he sent to me that I posted there of, uh, where he 
where he's you can see him defending the goal but there's a shot that was taken that was deflected <laughs> and hit the glass right in front of where they were sitting and you can hear the smack <laughs> nice and loud the puck is literally in your face screaming towards your face it's one of the craziest things i've ever seen so if you haven't had a chance to check that out do please check that out it's an awesome video uh, also some pics there of the seats he had and and uh, a view of the locker room as well pretty good building uh, all of the players the commentators everybody who's been there is it actually raves about it so um kind of interesting point of view i know it's getting a bad rap because it's it's a smaller facility probably a lot below admittedly you know league standards but um everybody who's been there I, i've seen other games that were played there and and the commentators and the players have nothing but good things to say about the ice and the and the facility and and you know how it holds up and how it feels like a college environment a, a more intimate setting so you know and, and the hope is at least for me anyway for me to get out there and check it out personally myself hopefully sometime next year yeah, that'd be really cool. I'll have to pull about the curtain. I last minute after listening to your show is like, man, I wonder if either of those guys are free. So I did message both of them. And I did want to get one of them on the show tonight to surprise Gil. He wasn't even going to know about this, uh, but, uh... <laughs> but neither of them got back to me. But I mean, to be fair, I had the idea like two hours ago, but I was like, maybe you know, shot in, I, I've sent messages out to like C4 last minute. And she's been like, yeah, let's do it. Like, so, you know, I, I always feel like it's worth a shot uh, with Caps fans. And with, especially with cool, Zoom, huh? it's pretty easy to, like, jump on uh, if uh, if people have a free moment. So uh, I did I, – I, it didn't get to happen, but that was – this was going to be the moment where that was going to be the reveal. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, so uh, – but I appreciate both those guys, and it looks like they had a good time uh, from the pictures that I saw. So um, uh, hopefully they check out this podcast and hear this part of the conversation. But uh, – uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy that people got to go out there and see it. Uh, Anna, break down the uh, goal scoring for us and a very good game for the Capitals. Oh, uh, this is like the best one all week. Uh, I love it. Um, especially because the first person who scores is Dylan Strom. He, he gets number 10. I love this, love, love, love this guy. Um, and then going into the second goal by Milano, who I know is Gil and Jenny's favorite uh, cookie with number eight, assisted by Wilson and Nikki. Um, and then my boy Tommy, he gets number two with the power play goal. And then Strom gets his second of the night, assisted by Kuzi and Mojo. Just a really great uh fun game uh i don't know I, aside from the the mullet name <laughs> i think everything about this this uh new facility sounds fantastic and i love um peter fisher and, and doug and everybody who's sending in pictures and and who were who, who managed to make it to the game i uh, love that vibe but this was good this was a really i don't know they actually look like they were enjoying themselves in the eyes having a good time, playing the stress-free. And again, like I, I am just a Strom fan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was really excited about this game for a whole lot of reasons. First of all, it was so late at night that I got to watch all of it. Uh, but uh, just, I thought it was a really good team effort. It's interesting though, like they put Kuzi down, you know, at the bottom line, he still gets, you know, two assists in this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult situation with these centers of where you slot them. 
because uh, I don't know if we I know this is the target for Nicholas Backstrom to try to come back, but most people didn't think that was realistic. They thought that Strom was going to be the guy for the whole season. Um, and it's going to be interesting now because now you kind of have two second line centers. Uh, Kuzi can you know be a second line. So it's like how many like line two centers do you have that you're trying yeah, right, to like right. mix and match? And um, and when they're great and when they're on, any of those guys could be a top line center. So it's just like it's a good problem to have. It's why you don't get rid of a Lars Eller because, you know, injuries could happen, um, you know, at the center position, but it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy this going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, some nights it works and some nights it doesn't, but Gil, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, well, I mean, it, it, admittedly, uh, again, Arizona, not exactly a, a top tier team, not even a middle of the road team. So um, even though it was, it was good to see, we have to kind of temper, you know, our good feelings by remembering that. Uh, but yeah, this, this is what happens when, you know, everything's firing on all cylinders. This is what they can do. This is what, you know, you're going to get when everybody plays to, the, to their capability. You know, you had uh, scoring from Strom and Milano and, and Wilson and uh, Backstrom scored at least one point in this game. So, you know, everybody, everybody who's supposed to get in on the act did, you know, that that's, you know, I, I, I don't want to say this was what was supposed to happen and that, you know, we shouldn't be happy, but I mean, th- this is what was supposed to happen. Now you compare and contrast that to what happened later on in the week. And I, I, I don't know. I'd love to, other than Ovechkin getting hurt, I'd love to know what happened that changed their attitude towards playing so significantly because it just looked like you know the approach to this like anna said the the, the approach to this game you know they, they were having fun out there in the in, in the vegas game you know night and day i i don't i yeah. would love to know what happened yeah uh it's interesting we've got a, a bunch of people chatting now on our facebook live uh group um and uh so it's lewis and brian and uh so they needed uh, Verona back and Jay Beagle. I, I don't know about Verona. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I definitely don't know about Verona. Um, I, I mean, I wish him the best of luck, but uh, I, you know, I, I got news for you. Number one, he's not coming back. Number two, even if he were coming back, he's nowhere near the player he was three years ago. So yeah. well, sorry, folks. sorry, folks. <laughs> sorry, guys, but I got it. Yeah, and then uh, Lewis said if we had a Vetchkin against Vegas, we would have won. Um, and uh, see, he thinks that, and Brian would say no, continued slow starts hurt us a lot. And um, Lewis thinks that we would have come back. So I don't know. It's an interesting uh, for sure. I, I don't, I definitely think we would have had a better performance if you have Ovechkin. I think losing your captain, I mean, Ovechkin brings a lot to the team. People don't realize. Yeah. A, a, he draws a lot of what do I call aggro, a lot of attention, right? Like everything <laughs> is looking, whenever he's on the ice, everyone's looking at him to see what he's going to do next, which opens up a lot of opportunities, not only for himself, but other players, right? Both in the power play and on his lines. And you can double shift him. You can do lots of different things with uh, Ovi. 
And then also not to be overlooked is he's might be the best teammate to have on your bench, you know, cheering your guys on, you know, and getting them psyched up and, you know, talking to the players on the bench and missing that, you know, even if he didn't play and just could sit on the bench, it could be, you know, you're, you're missing that alone, which is, you know, it's hard to even quant, you know, yep. especially against a Vegas and an electric arena. And you know, that they want revenge that none of them forgot that they lost the Stanley cup in that building. Right. So like you, you don't have your captain and they want revenge always against us. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough situation to play i think if he played it would have been closer but the effort put forth by the rest of the players wouldn't have been enough they would have all had to have been lifted which may have happened if obi was out there so it's hard to know but um yeah i, I was well i think i really like the good game but i agree you have to temper expectations i also think that you can almost throw out this really bad game because it's like literally oh, yeah. all the worst things and yeah. like i <laughs> yeah I, you know, so basically everything that could go wrong went wrong in in that situation. And so that's, um, that's tough. Uh, But yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating. I guess we don't really need to break too much down. We can start to go into, into next week, unless you guys want to break down the horrible, the game that was Vegas, but I I mean, I'll let you guys, (laughs) nothing. Okay. Well, (laughs) wasn't much to it. I mean, there really wasn't much to it. They they were completely asleep. You know, they there were nothing. There was absolutely nothing to their game the first twenty minutes for sure. And then it got a little physical in the middle, and they still couldn't come up with an answer. And then finally, late in the third, they or late in the second rather, they finally started to wake up. But it, it was way well, too late. Double digit scoring, so that's like a positive. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. But, and Eric Gustafson has 20 assists, which I just, you know, I think is remarkable. So, I mean, there are players that are playing solid, but you're right. The effort in the first, to me, first 10 minutes set the tone for the whole game. When they went down to 2 in the first 10 minutes, I basically wrote off the game. Yeah. It was, like, it was... Yes, we've come back from deficits four times, so mm-hmm. multi-goal deficits, but this was, there was nothing in the first 10 minutes that I was like, man, they fixed this. It was just... And, and wow. I left it on with the hope that maybe, you know, that something could change, but it, nothing changed. It was five, nothing. Like it was yeah. like, by that point, it's like way too late. And, you know, we were able to get a, a uh, Marcus Johansson's goal. It's 12th of the season. Uh, and Kuzi's 34th assist on the uh, secondary helper on that one. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a frustrating game. We're not going to get too much into it because it's just going to make me mad, but um, we're going to then have to, <laughs> get something from that and go into this Colorado game. And he's, I know that Obi's got a little extra rest, but we sure as hell need him because without him against Colorado, the team that I will remind people just won the Stanley cup. Um, and I get that we have their, their goalie, whatever, whatever, but you, you know that, the, that they're going to just take it to us in that game. And yeah, it's going to be a rough one. I'll just say real quickly, Colorado, uh, over their last five, uh, they've won all of them. They've beaten Seattle 2-1. They won at Vancouver 4-1, at Calgary 4-1, uh, Detroit 6-3. That was a home game. And then it looks like it's Ottawa. They beat 7 nothing. Uh, so um, definitely, um, definitely rough to play against Colorado and stuff like that. 
And uh, we've got our, our yeah. next special guest on, um, and Jesse will bring him on in just a second when we talk some 49ers. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's frustrating. But uh, Gil, what is your uh, your takeaway on playing the Avalanche this week? Well, actually, I I've never uh, this this is probably going to piss a few people off, but <laughs> I have I have never been a believer in the Avalanche. I'm not going to say their Stanley Cup win last year was a fluke, but I I've never been a believer in that team. I've always thought they were overrated, and for the first half of the season, they proved me right. Uh, they just now snuck back into a playoff position. They are in the bottom of the playoff ladder in the Western conference right now. Uh, I get that they've had a whole lot of injuries. I get that their lineup hasn't been consistent, but I don't know what it is with this team and why everybody's so in love with them. But I mean, what, what, what does it say when it takes them this long? I mean, the caps played themselves into playoff contention a month ago, even with all their injuries. So why is it, why is it the caps were written off three weeks into the season and, and nobody says boo about Colorado. Uh, I don't, I, I just don't get why everybody's in love with this team, but anyway, there's still a solid team. So it it is a winnable game, even without Ovechkin, they just have to commit more to a team game. They sure as hell need to commit period. They need to show up committed to, to this game and not write it off as a loss. As long as they do that, I think they do have a chance in this game. I don't think, you know, Colorado is this unbeatable foe that, you know, I mean, they've, they've lost, they've lost to Chicago of all teams. That's one of the, one of the 50 reasons why I can't take them seriously. So this is definitely a winnable game as long as they show up committed. Now the rest of the week, um, going to be a toss up, but we'll, we'll get to that, you know, later on, I suppose, but I think they definitely got a chance against, against Colorado. Yeah. Um, I want to thank a lot of people are gifting subs and subscribing on my Twitch channel. And uh, I appreciate uh, both Kalaska and Ant Dog for uh, giving a sub to the channel. Um, uh, we've got Jesse on who's going to be, uh, he's the Leon Lounge for people who know him on Twitch. Uh, he is a big fan. I'll ask you, Jesse, do you watch any hockey or do you just watch football? Man, I. Uh... I don't watch a lot of it, but my buddy's a big Kings fan. So, um, you know, before I'm from Washington State, so before I moved, uh, or before there was no no Seattle team, so you know, I kind of just um, adopted the Kings as my favorite team. My yep. sister tries to send me Kraken merch, you know, and I'm like, I don't know if I can really rock it, you know, because I play <laughs> Kings fan first, but I'll learn to work out, whatever. But yeah, no, I'm I'm. You know, I'll catch it. I love it live, though. It, it's 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 amazing live. I'll never turn down a, a you know free Kings game. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's awesome. All right, we'll we'll, we'll talk 49ers with you uh, in in just a moment. But I'm I'm super happy that you're on here. Uh, I used to um, mod for uh, Jesse, and um, you know, it's been a long time since I've gotten to chat with him live. Last time we talked was the Olympics in uh 2021 uh, we did a live show and we also was it that was, long ago was wow. that and, the, and the football show we did i don't know which one came first but both of them that was from a college football but that was from a couple of seasons ago so wow. uh yeah but uh yeah, thanks I'm, for I'm having happy. me back man appreciate yeah, it yeah i'm super <laughs> happy to have you on uh and to uh celebrate uh, the 49ers for sure um uh all right but 
Yeah, I agree. I think Colorado, you know, we could definitely beat them. Remind me, Gil, what was the score in the last time we played them? It wasn't that long ago, I thought. No, it was it was uh, early in the season, and I believe if if memory serves, that was I'm trying to flip back to it in my app now. But if I if I remember right, that uh, that game was like four nothing, Colorado. Oh. Uh, and the Caps were playing with maybe maybe you know fifty percent of their regular lineup that game, and they were definitely out of it. And it was while they were in their first month tailspin that they were still trying to figure things out. So I don't really think that game is all that representative, to be honest, of, of, yeah, of you know, I, I'm of looking at reference. the game now, and I'm seeing how it was broken down. And you're right. it's They got a power play goal at the very end of the first period, and it kind of, for lack of a better term, avalanche from there, right? Like the momentum right. swirled. Like second period, they got one more. It was a pretty close game for the first two periods, but mm-hmm. they found themselves down to nothing. And then, um, you know, basically two goals, uh, at the end of the third period, it did us in. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I hope that we're able to come out of it with a win. Anna, what are some of your thoughts on uh, playing the Avalanche? All right. Well, now I'm like a black sheep in the in the group because honestly, I feel like uh, Colorado shouldn't be counted out. Honestly, like I'm mean, not just McKinnon, but I just feel like it's a team that um, seems to just have the Caps number. And I'll just say that. So, uh, so I'm hoping that um, I think it would be tremendous a win and tremendous momentum to keep them going, especially since they're playing Pittsburgh on Thursday. That's what I want to see. Like, I want I want to see a win and go into Thursday night. Yes, I'm going to the game. Yes, but I, I, besides, I, get, I, I do want to get into but, that. Uh, but, besides um, that, I, I want to see them ca- carry on, but I really, truly don't think that um, Colorado Avalanche are a team that you need to to just kind of uh, think that they're overhyped. And not not that you guys are saying that, like, it's a sure thing. I, oh, I yeah. totally get that. No, I definitely don't. I, I, it, I feel like uh, the Avalanche and the Hurricanes are those kind of teams that you just like, you just don't take lightly. You don't know what's going to come out. They've got amazing players, and there's kind of no choke. Yeah, I mean, I could see it being a repeat of the Vegas game if we don't have a Vechkin. So, like, I don't – Yeah. I hope, he, I hope he's playing, and I hope that we find Ditto. a way to, like, <laughs> be angry enough from the last one and, you know, and show. So, again, that's 9 o'clock on Tuesday – uh, which is nice because that means I get to watch it. Uh, then Thursday, uh, Pittsburgh, um, that's a seven o'clock game, and Anna is going. I'm sad that you won't be able to join us next week to recap um, <laughs> that, but I am super excited you're going, and I'll definitely let people know from the social media posts that you do or whatever you do for that. But Anna, what are your thoughts on uh, playing the dreaded Penguins? I'll bring it. I'm ready. I, I'm going to be there and just, I'm so pumped up. And I think that, you know, you, I want nothing more than to go to uh, a home game against this team and just see them kick ass with uh, a, like a, a roster that is just rocking it. Like with, uh, you know, we've got the vets, we've got, uh, you know, newbies and, and the chemistry is good. And that's what I want to see just, if we can see that in the Avalanche game tomorrow, it'll carry over to the to the Pens game, and I will be in section 108, going crazy. 
I hope it's. The I don't best need game. to make I the hate... jumbotron, but if I do, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I hate Gil. Pittsburgh so much, so much. <laughs> you know, like this is a such a key win. I need the Capitals to get this one. If they don't win any oh, games God, this yeah. week other than this one, you know, I could I could be okay <laughs> with that. But Gil, the dreaded Penguins, you know, they always seem to be the thorn in our side. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a little more uh, concerned about this game than than the other game. Um, this is going to be a four pointer. The Penguins are right behind us in the standings. Um, and they've got the last wild card spot. And, uh, if, if, again, it's going to be a matter of preparation because this is going to be their first meeting. Now that of course they don't know, you know, they don't know what, I don't know if they, they know how to handle and what, what the new guys are capable of, you know, Strom and Milano. And, you know, if they have a book on how to shoot on Kemper or Lindgren, you know, depending on who gets the start there. So that that's an interesting dynamic. But, you know, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, always has been. You know, they're, they're going to come at you with, you know, the guys that, that always seem to hurt us, Malkin, Rust, Crosby, of course, you know, Gensel. You know, so as long as they got those guys in the lineup and you know, they're always going to be a threat. So, you know, it's, you know what you're in for against them. You, you They know what they have to do. It's just, it's going to come down to execution and sticking to the game plan and not letting the game get away from them. That, that you know, simple as I so can put I, it. Ideally, my question for the two of you, who do you, who do you put between the pipes and who is a healthy scratch? I'll let Gil go first. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it, it's gonna come down to how, how, what happens in Colorado. Um, okay. If, if Kemp, I'm assuming Kemper's starting in Colorado, and if he plays well enough, uh, I say leave him in. Um, I 100 percent agree with that assessment because you know he's your number one. You signed him to be, to be the number one, and I, you know I, I get there's. Chucky's got his fans because of that great stretch that he had when, when Kemper was hurt. But the fact is they signed Kemper to be the number one. And, you know, when, when you're the number one, you get the plum assignments, you get the big games Yeah. and Pittsburgh's a big game. So yeah, unless, I've, unless he yeah. gets torched in Colorado, uh, I say he's the one that, that gets the start there. Yeah, and then I the other healthy how, how you lose. I'd I'd almost say even if he got torched in Colorado, depending on if it was really his fault or the defense's fault, he might still get the start. You know, like you're right. He's yeah. the number one guy. I think if he then lost two in a row, then you know, Lindgren gets the game at Toronto. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I'm kind of with Gil on this. I think you've declared that this is the guy into the season that you're going with. You gotta keep going that way, otherwise it's gonna create a problem. Um, now, now, yeah. as far as as far as the healthy scratches, um, yeah. I'm sorry, but Anthony Mantha has not impressed me the last few games he's been in. I think he should go back to the bench um, oh. unless he's willing, unless he's willing to start using, you know, his his size when he needs to. I I can't see that he, he should have a, he should have a place in the lineup, and it's just not it, it's not. I don't see what, what he's bringing to the table that, that the team can use. So uh, he should definitely be a healthy scratch. I don't know if that leaves anybody out. Uh, hopefully Ovechkin will be better by then. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but um, I mean, maybe they'll give Protus a chance. Maybe he'll draw in. I don't know if they plan on calling anybody up, but I think that'd be a nice 
if they do, it'd be a nice opportunity for a Joe Snively. I've always been a Joe Snively advocate. Me too. Uh, I th- I think he's the perfect combination of grit and you know stick your nose in the net, see what happens. Which and this young. team <laughs> this this team can't get enough of. So, I mean, it, it'd be nice. I mean, that's I wouldn't put any money on that. That's that's, that's probably not going to happen. But you know, I I would love to see it at least in a game like one against Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. Let's get into the surrender game quickly and then we'll let uh, Gil go. Um, it's a five o'clock matinee game on Sunday. Uh, unfortunately I'm going to be out of town, so I'm probably going to miss that game. I will be back late Sunday uh, night. So I literally, I think be flying during this game. Uh, but um I'll start off with Gil. What, what are your thoughts about uh, Toronto? I'll just real quickly go back. They lost to um, um, Montreal in their last game, 3-2. They beat the Jets 4-1, beat Florida before that, 5-4. Before that, they lost to Boston, who basically beats everybody, and lost to Detroit. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they are a frustrating team for a lot of uh, Toronto fans. But, uh, Gil, what are your thoughts on, on this team? Well, they're they're a bit stronger than Colorado, but again, they're, they are beatable. They're, they're losing to a lot of weaker teams that they should be beating. So they have that spell of inconsistency that a lot of NHL teams have. So ideally, yes, this is, this is a game where they can come away with the two points. I think if they, this is, this is one of those games where if they jump out ahead with the lead and commit to holding on to it, not making the mistakes that, that, a team makes with a big lead is hold on to a slim lead. I think this is definitely a winnable game. Yeah. Um, I, I hope so. I mean, look at Toronto. They were definitely better earlier in the season, but uh, they have inconsistencies with their goalie. And I, I know that we've, it'll just be, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny to me because <laughs> we, we used to have to deal with that inconsistency ourselves. And so, <laughs> Uh, it's nice that it's not our problem anymore, I guess. Um, Four words. I told you so. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same. Uh, Anna, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Toronto? I, yeah. I don't have much to say. I, it should be a win. Uh, definitely. I mean, of course, you're going up against Austin Matthews. So there's always that to consider. But um, overall, like this would be a game of the Capitals coming out, let's see them play uh, 60 minutes, but let's see them play fun hockey like we know we can't see them play. And and that's when like kind of all pressure drops and all stupid, you know, penalties and mistakes are, are out the door. So that's what I really want to see in this game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. I don't feel very strongly about this week. I don't know that we will do very well but um (laughs) i hope that i'm wrong and i hope that they prove me wrong it's happened before earlier in the season but i'm not like going into this week thinking oh we're gonna win like two out of three you know i will be happy if we win two out of three uh for sure agree uh gil everyone should definitely check out the power play point podcast again sportsothp.com click on the podcast partners link and click on uh power play point podcast and then get it there uh also do the gil command if you're live here on twitch um join that facebook group that's mentioned there as well um any final thoughts before we let you go gil 
Um, well, just uh, hoping for, uh, yeah, like you said, two out of three wins. I, I think they need to realize Ovechkin or no, they're, 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 you know, they need to start banking points. And uh, at the end of the end of the week before the all-star break, they've got everybody's favorite get well card, the, the, the blue jackets that should definitely be two points. Now let's hope that, you know, they put out a lot better effort than they did the last time they played. Um, and then they have, you know, the long break and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on with Ovechkin. So hopefully if he's still hurt, he can use that as, as a nice extended break to, uh, to heal up. And, and then we'll see what we got after that. Yeah. I'm interested to see how many games he plays this week and which ones he's able to. So I'm hoping that Ovechkin uh, definitely heals up or whatever is ailing him or, or sits out if it's bad enough and needs to. So, you know, it's, um, this is a, a tough and interesting stretch for sure. But Gil, thank you again for joining us. I, I'm sorry that our time went a little bit long, but I appreciate your <laughs> uh, your thoughts as always. And I hope people definitely go check out the Power Play Point podcast. Pleasure, sir. And um, so, uh, yeah, a bit of a scheduling note for us. Uh, sorry to take up more time, yeah. but uh, uh, we're probably going to do, it, it's a bit topsy-turvy with uh, you know, Anna kind of being, out of out of sorts due to um, unforeseen circumstances so <laughs> bit of a scheduling change this week uh with with robbie's assistance we're we're not going to do a, a regular quote-unquote show uh because i i can't see somebody getting called up on a saturday to help us out so we're going to do a simulcast version of what's going to air is next monday and i'll air that we'll put that out in podcast form later on next week so uh just just so the listeners know it's going to be a little late but um that's just how we're going to have to do it because it's it's not ideal and one last little note for our african-american listeners next month is going to be uh, black history month as well so if uh any of our african-american listeners uh both here and regular to the podcast want to come on the show tell their story give a plug for whatever they're certainly welcome to do so we're we we have that booked the whole month of February for them to do that. Robbie, thanks again, sir, for letting us on, letting me on once again uh, to do what we do. And um, hope you have a great night. Sounds good. Yeah. So Bye, Gil. Saying, next Bye. week, we'll definitely uh, do a simulcast episode. I may even let Gil just take the lead uh, for the hockey segment <laughs> for that. And, uh, and then I get to sit back. And uh, so that'll be good. Um, sorry that I went a little bit long, Jesse, but I'm super excited. I'm switching up my graphics real fast. Um, uh, for us uh, to we're gonna switch gears and talk NFL playoffs. Uh, we got Anna and we got you, two diehard 49ers fans. I'm also gonna bring yeah, in yeah, there we go. Uh, Dujane Bland, who's our NFL expert um, and uh, who's always on our show uh, and uh, a friend of the show. First, I'm just gonna welcome uh, Dujane in. How are you doing today? Doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. So Jesse, I'm super excited that you're on. I know that you were on Davey's show last week and I said, if, if we win, I want you on, on my show. <laughs> I, I need the, the triumphant return um, of, the, of the Leon Lounge uh, to be uh, after a victory Monday. So I'm going to let you get your first uh, thoughts in and then I'm going to get Anna's thoughts as well. And then I'm going to get uh, Dujanae's more of a uh, technical side of the things. Uh, but Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's been... Uh... It's been a while and uh yeah, two two Twitch shows in, in one week, man. You know, it's cool. I like it. I like it. Um but yeah, man, super pumped, obviously. Uh the Dallas Cowboys are hated rivals to many, not just the Niners, but so I know I like check a lot of boxes off for like Giants fans and, and uh Redskins fans and you know, just kind of a lot of people in general. So 
I'm glad we could do that. But uh, yeah, it was a defensive defensive slugfest, and uh, I kind of expected that. You know, what I mean, I thought maybe we would score a little bit more points, but um, you got to give it up to that defense, man. Cowboys defense are they're pretty relentless. They're fast. They got you know stars on on that on that side of the ball. Um, luckily, you know, Dak is doing Dak things, you know, giving us those couple of interceptions and, uh, I love it, man. I, I'm just not a big fan of Dak Prescott. I think he's way overpaid and, uh, you know, it kind of showed it, man, against a, a top tier defense, like we have, um, you know, he, he reared his ugly head again, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, we, we did enough on offense, uh, George Kittle, you know, shout out to George Kittle, man. He he put <laughs> offense on his back, you know what I mean? With that crazy bobble catch and like, um, you know, uh, Brock Purdy did just enough, you know what I mean? Didn't, didn't throw any debilitating, uh, picks. Um, and, uh, yeah. in the running game at the end, you know, the second half, they started getting it, getting it in. If, if, if uh, Eli Mitchell would have not ran out of bounds there at the end, uh, we might've ended the game <laughs> earlier, but, uh, but you know what though? Like, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a young kid, I guess, you know what I mean? So you gotta, gotta give him a little bit, but we ended up winning the game. And, uh, that last play from the Dallas Cowboys was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. With uh, <laughs> Yeah. He just got, Oh, we've just lost Jesse. Trucked by Greg. Oh, yeah. And then I, you know, he just, you know, pounding Anthony Brown there at the end, but yeah, man, a huge win. Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta keep it up though. Cause the next week is even crazier. So but yeah, I'm just pumped to have that and pumped to to kill uh to kill the the hopes and dreams of another hated rival. Right. Well, especially because they have not made it uh, to a conference final in so long, and now you guys have made a lot of appearances in the last couple of years. So it's yeah. uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't say a dynasty because I would, like you have to win like the Super Bowls to get the dynasty. Right. Uh, but it's still it could be if you win, you know, this one. We're in so the like mix. You're, right. We're in the mix. I think it was the the stat was like six uh, conference championships in the last 11 years. So, you know, we're we're there like, you know, we're, we're in the running most most years. So as a commander's fan, I'd love to be there. So, you know, like I, I you know, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's all props to you guys. I'm going to get Anna's thoughts real quickly on from her fan perspective and get Dujanese and then I'll get your guys final thoughts as well. But Anna, what were your thoughts of uh, this amazing game? Well, I loved everything about it. Everything about it. Um, you know, it, it is uh, having been a Niners fan since 1980 so that that Dallas rivalry is it's there and the hatred and and whatever else but I thought that it was it was a fun game to watch it was you know it wasn't a you know a a dominating game but I gotta say I am just beyond impressed with Purdy I mean like oh my god here's a 23 year old who is so calm and so uh, like the leadership skills are fantastic. And then you have someone like a George Kittle who is like, out of, you know, he's got long hair and he, he's a little bit more of a, a little out of control, but I think it just balances so well. And I absolutely just loved it. I had it obviously a great time watching the game. Um, and then of course McCaffrey. So Robbie knows that I'm like huge on, on anything number three. So uh, you've got number 13 with Purdy and, and 23 with McCaffrey. And then you've got that wild card with, with Kittle, who I just love. And I'm just excited. I, I'm just happy with where this team is going and keep hoping to just keep moving forward. Yeah, 
All right, Dijanay, your more technical analysis. So what are, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> uh, on this game that was still very close at the end, which I think yeah. in some ways made me happier because it kept the hearts and hopes of those Cowboys a little bit longer. But, um, <laughs> but uh, what was your thoughts, Dijanay? Oh, man. Um, I thought I thought in the first – I said it when they, when they would come out um, for Dallas. I said the first two drives were going to be – we're going to speak volumes of what the offense was going to be able to do for the rest of the day. And usually for most Dallas games, the first two drives are going to, going to do that. Um, not, not much success there for them. Um, that interception in the second one, um, you know, I've watched, watched that play and watch that play. And it, it's funny. Uh, I'll give Kyle Shanahan some credit because he actually paid attention to the last game of the season. Um, I know a lot of people talk and have a lot of things to say about Dak's interceptions. Um, those interceptions, if you notice, come on like hitch routes uh, where it's kind of timing, but it's not timing because they don't really run a timing-based offense. It's kind of one of those things where he's throwing the ball where he thinks his receiver is supposed to be. And a lot of times his receiver is not attacking the ball. And I thought what something San Francisco did very well is most of their corners were playing with their backs to the end zone because they know they have like that front seven that can can get after, apply a little pressure and keep containment on the outside. It's kind of funnel things back back inside. Um, I, I think he throws that ball a lot of times and he doesn't see it. He's throwing it to a spot. I think he's blocked by a guard or, or a tackle in that instance. And it really plays to the corner's hands. He's already got his back to the ball. Um, and so kudos to the defensive coordinators. To, to see that and to see that on tape and they bait him into that throw. Um, I, I think it's awful that even uh, Kellen Moore even calls that garbage uh, repeatedly because it gets peaked. It gets, it gets close to being picked off or picked off repeatedly. Um, San Francisco did a good job at the beginning. I thought Kyle was like kind of feeling him out to see what he was expecting defensively, what he was looking for. I also thought he was trying to uh, hold the reins back on Purdy as well. I know a lot of people are giving him a lot of kudos, but I, I don't think you can win against the Eagles trying to play not to lose. That's how I felt the whole entire game. Kyle Shanahan was trying to write a storybook of him not making a mistake instead of letting Purdy just cook and, you know, don't, you know, let him not make the mistake. Trying to play to not make mistakes usually ends up in mistakes. And I think that's why he had the turnover that he did um, when he did, he knew it was bad, but I think it's just one of those things. If you look at the first two like drives and the first couple of plays in those drives, San Francisco did a lot of slants, a lot of things underneath because basically they were trying to use a couple of their wide receivers to blow out, get them to, to set deep, then everything underneath because your linebackers are so upfront with trying to take care of the run game and be bring pressure and try to sack. They had a lot of things with Ayuk underneath. I thought they could have done more with that. Just let Purdy cook, man. Call your plays that you've been calling for this guy. He's been good. He's been really good and really clean with the football. Don't, don't do anything to make him uh, feel handcuffed and have to second-guess his decisions. Um, I, overall, this game could have been worse than what it was. Uh, I, I, like I said, I really felt like Kyle was trying to handcuff and he was kind of nervous about the young man making mistakes, 
but they did two things. Uh, I thought I thought Dallas uh, made a mistake in the third quarter uh, when they came out. Uh, they, they were on a six-play drive there at about three minutes and 19 seconds. I believe it was a fourth and five. Um, they were just about inside of, you know, getting close to the red zone. I think they were around the 50-years or something. Um, they should have gone for it instead of punting. And, 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 and this is from my boy who we're talking to all day, who's a Dallas fan. He felt they should have went for it. I thought that the defense was playing well enough to get it done. Didn't you see Kyle Shanahan and Purdy get to cooking? And they went on a, a really, really nice drive in that third quarter um, when they got the ball back after that punt. It, was, it took about five minutes. They went 10 plays. Uh, they, no, they yeah, they went 10 plays, six minutes, 10 plays, 91 yards in that touchdown. That right there is when they took the defense's heart. I, and I felt like they could have done that earlier in the game. They had them right where they wanted them. And it seemed like there were some safe play calls by Kyle um, in those instances. Uh, but that was the that was the drive that sent this thing over. And I knew right then Dallas was in trouble. They were in big trouble after that drive because there was a lot of momentum that they had up to that fourth and five. Well, I felt like they could have they could have come up to the line and snapped the ball, did something a little slant or something to get the first down, keep it moving. Um and we know Dallas did some things uh, uh, that really were just not. I mean, they were on a second and two. You line up five wide. Um, what was the purpose of that when the running game was working well? Uh, I thought they had some things in the zone run game that was they had gotten San Francisco's defense off kilter a little bit. But again, Kyle Shanahan comes up, cooks in the third quarter. And once they get that touchdown, they go back. They go on another seven minute almost eight minute drive, 13 plays, 64 yards, get that field goal. And that was the difference right there. But it started after Dallas didn't go forward on that fourth down. Um, I felt there were opportunities where they could have gotten San Francisco's defense off, but it, it was that, it was that, that killed it. And um, it, it really played out the way I thought it would. I, I really didn't have much confidence. There was a lot of things that had to go right. And that includes the coaches standing on the sideline. Um, it's just a better organization over there with San Francisco. Uh, they've got some speed, um, and, and they've got some speed on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, all I'm asking is, Kyle, just don't try to rein Purdy in. Just call the plays you've been calling all up to this point. He's been cooking and been cooking good, and let Purdy cook. Don't try to don't try to handcuff him. I think that that can be a big mistake going across the the cookie over there to the East Coast and playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are going to be tough. That's a, that's a good segue. I'm going to let Anna have her first crack at uh, what her thoughts on the conference finals and, and have to go play <laughs> the Eagles. And then I'm going to let her go because I, I had promised her that I would let her go close to 10. And then, um, uh, Jesse, you'll have to answer. You can think about this next question and let me know after this. Uh, do you have time to break down some of these other matchups and other games that happened this week? Oh, yeah. you, you do? You have time? Okay. I'm all for you, man. Let's go. Okay. okay. That's, all right. <laughs> I, love well, we can, I love it. Okay. I just didn't know if you had other plans. I was like, you're going to be on for the 49ers segment, but I'm totally down for you to break <laughs> all of them with me. So that's, that's Absolutely. great. So, um, all right, Anna, I'll let you get your thoughts on the Eagles and any final thoughts that you have, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, no, I, th I think that we are in a, in a fantastic position right now and feeling comfortable with the team. Everyone's meshing. And uh, 
I will say Shanahan at this, this season, it's not as predictable as he used to be. I feel like the last season or so uh, people knew exactly what he was going to do, what he was going to call. And it was like uh, incredibly frustrating. Um, I'm impressed with, with uh, Brock Purdy. I think it's fantastic, but I'm not going to put it all on him. I think that, that Bosa should be, you know, he's there. Oh my God. You know, just all the other players, um, Kittle, everybody else. I think they are in a good headspace and I'm ready to just um, kick the Eagles ass come this weekend. (laughs) And I think they can do it. I hope so. I really do. Like uh, <laughs> nothing would make me happier if they like the NFC East was the talk of the whole entire thing. But yep. like I'm totally fine if the 49ers vanquishes us all, right? You know, so yeah, uh, that's that's the best case scenario in my book at least right now. So yeah, and I'm I'm super excited that you're on. I'm sorry uh, that you're not going to be on next week for a whole host of reasons. I care about the Pittsburgh game and that, but I totally understand. <laughs> Renovations are annoying. I'll, I'll let and... you know if if anything changes and we come back home and not have to be in a hotel I'll let you know as even if you possible. had to zoom from your phone if, you, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 the, if the 49ers win we'll find a way oh my god that segment so, you know. that's uh, it no well yeah. thank you for having me on and and uh, jesse i'm so glad that you're uh yeah nice to meet you yeah you, for sure. you too and Dujene, you know i think you're amazing all every week so i appreciate i will uh hopefully see you guys next week if not Super Bowl weekend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. great. So I, I hope yeah, so. That, that would be great. All right. Thank you, Anna. And we'll talk to you All soon. Right. You definitely go check out sports.thp.com. Uh, click the podcast partners button. They can click out, uh, check out the PowerPoint Point podcast for more with Anna. Also, if you check out on sports.thp.com, there's a thing called Team Sports.thp, and both Anna and Dujane are on there with all the links and stuff like that. So you can check out all of that as well. So uh, thank awesome. you, Anna, so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great show. Thanks, guys. All right, with that, we're going to bring in Champ as well. Um, DC's People's Champ is uh, another person in our NFL uh, playoff roundtable, usually. So we'll bring him in while he's doing that. I'll go back um, uh, to you real quickly. Um, Jesse, what are some of your thoughts on, um, uh, well, I guess maybe it's a good time for us to break down some of that Giants game. And uh, and, uh, let's see if Champ. I don't know. I thought Champ. Like he said he he's gonna make some tea. He'll be on in like five minutes. So. Ah, okay, got it. All right, sounds good. Um, all right. Well, I'll get his thoughts on these things too. But we'll start off with both of your guys' thoughts on the on the New York game uh, versus uh, the Eagles. I don't know how much you guys got to see of it, but uh, it was uh, a pretty brutal game. Jesse, I'll let you give your thoughts first, and then I'll get Dujanes. Uh Yeah, I mean it. It 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 kind of I gave the Giants a shot to win. You know what I mean? Just because of the the, the performance they had the week before. And, uh, you know, they, they got a decent defense. You know, Daniel Jones was cooking a little bit. But I also thought that what happened might have happened. And the Eagles are just going to stomp them out. You know what I mean? They just don't have the the talent that, like, you know, the receiving core, like, they, you know, they're, they're, they overperformed what, they're, what they probably should have. So I kind of figured that might happen and which it did, you know what I mean? And Daniel Jones isn't a guy that can come back from like three touchdowns. And I told my boy that when we were watching it, I was like, they're not going to come back. They're just, they don't have that type of explosive offense. They're of like that grind it out. They're going to run the ball with Barkley. They're going to run the ball with Daniel Jones and they're going to chip away a little bit like that. But 
they can't come back for three touchdowns. You know what I mean? Once they were up three, it was it was kind of like over. Even when they're up two, I was like, yeah, I think this might be it. Especially like like in the Niner sense too. Like when they're when we're up two touchdowns, our pass rush is coming at you like crazy, and you know, and Eagles have a similar pass rush, so um, kind of expected that to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it was kind of a boring game. You know, I, I did watch it all, but. I feel like there's not a lot to to bring out for except that uh, the Eagles are for real. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a barn burner come next week. For sure. DJ, what were some of your thoughts on uh, this uh, Giants Eagles game? There was uh, one thing that I noticed with this whole thing, and the problem is, is that the Giants on the back end, their corners and their safeties just aren't good enough to match up with the talent that they have. I thought they did a decent job earlier trying to contain um, Jalen Hurts from being able to use his ability to run. Um, they rolled him out a couple of times. Um, the fact that they're mad at is, though, they've got two guys on the outside. They've got about three running backs they can use, not just in the run game, in the pass game. Then you add the quarterback, and then you add an all-pro tight end to the mix. Um, it, it, that, it was a tall task for them uh, to really, um, you know, try to stop them. They could limit. They might been able to limit if they could have gotten some points on the board. And I thought uh, Jesse said it correctly. Um, they're not a team that's gonna. They got up on them early. I mean, they really got up on them and just they they walloped them and just kept walloping them over and over and over again and never allowed them to get off the mat. Um, and they're not a team that is, has the ability to play from behind. Uh, they do an excellent job though of um, doing what they love to do: run the football. Uh, play action out of that, uh, getting Daniel Jones out left or right, you know, whether it's a design, possible run or pass, they just weren't able to get into their bag or what they like to do. It got ugly quick. And you know, once that happens, it, it's abandoned time and then you're on the road. It, it's a big deal. Um, what I'm going to be looking for here, it, it really has nothing to do with, with, um, San Francisco's offense. All I'm asking for Kyle to do is to just let Purdy play. Call the plays normally. Don't be scared. Do what you've been doing. These this guy's gonna be okay. And you've got a defense that can help you. Uh what I what I want to see from them though is they're gonna have to be very liberal with their, you know, taking too many chances. Maintain the gaps, let the guys play on the back end. They've got the speed to kind of force the ball out a little bit and be mindful, which I believe they can do. They have two or three linebackers back there that I believe that can kind of get that sideline to sideline speed and kind of keep up a little bit with, with Hertz. My, my concern is, is, is I want to see them be man press, be physical. Cause if you saw early in the game, first drive, they hit them trying to hit some kind of zone passing the corner passing off to the safety to safety pisses down his leg big play um we've seen the 49ers get into situations also and we saw it a couple times in Dallas game where we we thought that uh oh this defense is on its heels a little bit um they, they can get rattled a little bit the question is is just weathering the storm it's gonna mm -hmm. come all right because you you we all know that these guys are talented from inside to outside it's just weathering the storm not letting not doing too much not getting outside of yourself do what is is being called keep to the basics 
and, and I think we could have a good ball game here uh, in, in a game where San Francisco has got to come all the way across the, the, the cookie to, to play. And, um, you know, they can silence this crowd a little bit. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun game to watch that I believe we're going to see a young man continue to grow uh, and steal one and, and fly Eagle fly house, you know, the pigeon house. So um, it would be awesome to see, see that happen. Uh, and um, you know, that's, that's just what I feel they have to do. It's all on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will add though, too, is uh, like, I like, I like how you're saying it. We got to let Purdy cook a little bit because yeah, they did hold him back a bit. It's okay if he throws an interception, you know what I mean? Because our defense is so good. I don't think they will put it, let us go down three scores. Like, you know what I mean? No. They'll keep us in the game to where we'll, we'll be within a couple scores and we'll be able to, to catch up if, you know, if a, an interception or two should happen. Um, so that's why, yeah, to your point, I was telling my son that too. I think, you know, we got to let him open it up a little bit. Um, you know, I think, well, our run games got going in the second half that, you know, we keep that going. We, he found something in Cowboys defense where he was able to exploit something. And I think you keep that going. It opens up a lot of stuff. And I think pretty, uh, yeah, man, he's been, he's, he's got moxie, man. You just got to let him throw it. Yep. Chuck the ball a little bit, you know what I mean? We got great receivers too, you know? Yep. It's like we got those guys. So exactly. if we get them on their heels a little bit, and then, you know, we get a lead, we can send that pass rush, get into Jalen Hurts that a little bit. I think we have a good shot, man. I think we yeah. do. This is a good matchup, man. When you look at you look at wide receivers on uh, both sides, you look at tight ends on both sides. I mean, both offenses have weapons to bring to the table. Um, and – you know, Purdy's a guy, I, he threw that interception and he wasn't phased, And that's really important. A uh, guy can go back out there and like, all right, I made a mistake, but, uh, you know, it won't happen again. He's not going to let that, he's not going to get the Maher yips and, and start <laughs> going into turnover mode. You know what I mean? Uh, he can weather those yips? storms. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be fun. I, I Like I said, my, my concern is just making sure Hey, let, defensively, let's let's just do what we do best. We've got the speed. Uh, understand that they're going to hit us with a few things, and and we just have to weather the storm. We can't panic on defense. Um, you know they've been here and done that. They practice against it every week too. But um, I, I really do think they match up really well uh, with with what Philly brings to the table as far as their arsenal. Um, and they have the speed in the front seven, most importantly, to get sideline to sideline. Uh, you saw what they did with uh, Pollard, who was unfortunately injured, and Zeke. Um, they were able to really contain him. And I also, also, Niners fans, just remember, Kellen Moore likes to abandon the run. It's, it's the first sign of trouble. Um, mm -hmm. It's sickening that they only had 76 yards, and, and most of them came from, uh, you know, uh, Zeke. And with 26 yards and the rest is a quarterback, another running back with 22 and CD lamb. That's, that's not good at all. Um, and they're going to be persistent in that department, but you've, you've had an opportunity to face a guy in Pollard. who's pretty quick to the outside. You've got a guy in that cat that can do that as well. So they're understanding they have to pay attention a little bit different guy and hurts. He's a little quicker, get to the edge a little faster, but they know what they're facing. I, that's why I think last week's matchup against Dallas. Perfect. Uh, with the weapons, you're talking about the running backs and all that, that, that you get involved in. Uh, they threw some stuff in there with some uh, quick handoffs to um, CD lamb as well. So they, they've kind of had a feel of that. 
and, and that's what that's what Philly's going to bring to the table. They're going to use all those running backs. They're going to try to do what they can. But I really feel like the speed of this team and, and really the discipline that they play with, uh, especially in that front seven, we all know how important that is, Robbie, um, with, with that front seven, staying within the gap responsibility and allowing those guys to cook and do their job. Don't over-pursue. Don't go Bruce late, late in the career, Bruce Smith, and get too far up the field. Jalen will hurt you with his feet. So that's going to be that's going to be the chess match that I, I'm going to be watching to be played there. For sure. I want to bring in a champ and I see a runes there too. So Arun wants to turn on his camera and join us as well. Get the other half of the football round table uh, going uh, champ, your quick thoughts on the, both the 49ers game and the giants game. And then how you see this NFC ch- uh, championship going. Shout out to Dak Prescott getting paid nearly $40 million to lose to a third-string quarterback in the season finale and then Mr. Irrelevant 2022 in the divisional round. Great job, <laughs> Dak. Great freaking job, dude. Great job. Listen, the 49ers have proven throughout this entire season that their offense is not what's the most dangerous part of their game. It's their defense. Trust me, the commanders found that out the hard way, that that defense is nasty. And this Cowboys team found it out. Me and like, DJ was saying that the entire time we were watching that, that uh, Bucks game that the Bucks did not know how to deal with Dak Prescott in that offense. But you know what? San Fran did. They knew what to do with that offense. They knew exactly what to do. And they managed to get two interceptions off of Dak Prescott, Dak doing Dak things. That first interception, it was just like, okay, Dak, you must be colorblind because that's not blue, white, and silver. That's obviously not cowboy colors where you were throwing to. But the second interception, I can partially blame him. It was just a a lucky bounce that just happened to get into the defender's hands. But – all in all, and I think what also killed Dallas was losing Tony Pollard to a fractured t- uh, fibula. That really killed them, and then they were fo- they were behind, so the, their game plan dictated less run and more pass. So that kind of is what killed them. With the Giants-Philly game, Giants had the momentum. Philly's coming off a of bye, but Philly came out and played like they played last week. They didn't. They came out and didn't miss a beat. Jalen Hurts looks like he's the MV. He's looking like the MVP despite missing a couple games this season. He looks like he's the MVP this season with the way he's been playing, both with his arm and with his legs. And Philly looked like a problem with the moves they made in the offseason. And a lot of people kind of looked at it. It was like, nah, I was probably one of the few people, especially with as a fan of somebody else in this division, that said Philadelphia is going to be a problem with all the moves they make it. And now look at them. They are one win away from a Super Bowl as the number one seed in the NFC, having lost only three games the entire regular season. So clearly the moves they made put them in a position to win now. And now they're in a position where they're hosting a, a very nasty, talented defense that can really put the clamps on what they're doing. So this is going to be one of those games in the NFC Championship game that is going to be hard to call because you have a dynamic offense against a dominant defense. Somebody's got something's got to give. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. So uh, there's a lot of comments in, twi- uh, in, in Twitch chat about how uh, Arun's dog should become the new mascot. And I said, poor Lily, it should be left out. And that's why I was showing uh, that the, the Lily, she went finally back to doggy daycare after a two-week hiatus. Uh, they, they had 
uh, some sickness going around. So they weren't allowing certain dogs back for a couple of weeks and she'd missed this place so badly. So she's wiped. I mean, she was there all day and uh, that's why she's not making lots of appearances right now. She is crashed right there. Uh, But uh, Arun, your dog is a fan favorite. Uh, How are you doing tonight? What are your thoughts on uh, the two NFC matchups that we saw this past weekend and the one we have the upcoming weekend? Uh, I'm doing well. The dog's also doing really well. And uh, the NFC matchup, the Eagles-Giants game wasn't much of a matchup. I think it was like 14 to nothing after, and at that point, became probably over and became a blowout. They shut down the Eagles. Um, the Eagles shut down the Giants, like wide receivers. Um, the secondary of the Vikings didn't get it done, but the Eagles secondary was able to shut them down. Um, as of the 49ers, um, Cowboys game, um, it was pretty close. Like even considering like the first half, it was nine to nine, and um, that field goal um, that brought them to halftime, a fifty yarder made by Robbie Gould, that was pretty key in carrying momentum over. Um, I think Purdy was a little bit shaky in the first half. He could have had a couple interceptions, um, but he kind of pulled it together, especially at the George Kittle incredible catch, like off the couple of bounces off of his hands, um, avoiding getting hit in the head, which was pretty key. And um, they were able to finally establish a run in the second half. In the first half, it didn't really get going. And Tony Pollard, as he's mentioned, he was out. And Ezekiel Elliott, he's only um, getting paid a lot too, like Dak Prescott, and he wasn't able to get it done. And that um, the clock management Kind of at the end of the game, Elijah Mitchell just like running out of bounds at the end of the game a little bit. But Dallas ran probably one of the worst final plays. Greg Olson was kind of hyping it up, but then it kind of just like fell apart. And it's, I think these two teams, Eagles and the 49ers, are the two best teams in the NFC. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. For sure. All right, let's do, uh, we're going to do the AFC side of things. We're going to try to do it. on a quick, quicker thought basis, just because we're going to try to get through both of those and the uh, AFC championship game. Um, we're going to go to Jesse first and then uh, then Champ, then uh, Dijanet, and then Arun, and then we'll do the other side of it. So this is the Jaguars-Chiefs game. Uh, it was kind of close uh, in the in the first half. Uh, both teams scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Uh, the Chiefs kind of pulled away a little bit uh, in the second. Outscored them by a touchdown. And then the outscored by a field goal. The Jaguars did uh, come back and make a game of it in, in the fourth. Um, but uh, ultimately, Kansas City was able to win 27-20. to 20. Um, Holmes got hurt in this game but was able to come back. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played pretty well but not, like, amazing. Uh, but overall, uh, it was a good win for Kansas City. And they just kind of showed that they had been in these games before. And um, it's just – I mean, I, it was such an impressive run. I was rooting uh, for the Jaguars just because I like an underdog story, but it, it, it's a difficult, um, it's difficult to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City for sure. But uh, Jesse, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, you you kind of said it. They uh, it kind of went like how I thought thought it was going to go as well. Um, you know, the Jaguars just you know the the Chiefs have been there before. You know what I mean? They and uh, despite not having like a, a full arsenal of like great receivers, you know what I mean? They still have Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? And um, Travis Kelsey is, I mean, the best tight end, you know, of the last 10 years, probably, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, you know, you know, give it up to Trevor Lawrence, man. The guy can ball. 
you know, like I said, they did get down and, you know, it sucks that he has to always start so slow uh, because then he always has to come back. You know what I mean? And, you know, you know against a great team like the Chiefs, sometimes it's, that's not likely. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, you can do it against the uh, the Chargers who have like, a, you know, the the reputation of, you know, giving up those late those late leads and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence ha- had a great year, too. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, you know, didn't start great, but, you know, he finished off, uh, you know, on a high note and, uh, you know, he could, you know, he can hang his hat on that, you know, it was a, a good growing year for him. And uh, I mean, you look at those AFC quarterbacks, man, you got Burrow, you got Mahomes, you got Allen, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. I mean, you know, the AFC is stacked when it comes to, when it comes to quarterbacks. So, um, but yeah, um, Chiefs, just a better team, man. And uh, we'll see coming up. If, if if Mahomes is hurt and he can't do what he can usually do, it's going to be tough, man, because the Bengals' defense, their pass rush is pretty decent, you know what I mean? And uh, they're going to make it hard for him. For sure, yeah. Um, all right, Champ, I'm going to give you the next crack, and then after Champ send it to Tuesday, I'm going to refill my water real quick, but I'll be right back. Got you. Uh, so uh, I, I echo what Jesse is saying about, you know, this game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have nothing to be ashamed of. They had a major turnaround for what they did last year to becoming uh, divisional champions and having that big comeback uh, last uh, uh, last week against the, the Chargers. They really showed up. Trevor Lawrence, the fight. And here's the crazy part is that, and we talked about this last week, the Jacks had a turnover differential of minus five and still managed to win that game. Now, and then this game, they had a turnover differential of minus two and they lost by only seven points, which means that even if they give the ball up, this team fights and they scrap and they crawl and they grind to make sure that they stay in football games, despite if they give up the ball more than their opponents do. So that's the one thing that this team does have to address in the off season is not turning over the ball so much, because I think they can win a lot more games if their turnover differentials more on the plus side than on the minus side. On the flip side, Kansas City, I mean, they're a very tough team no matter what happens. Patrick Mahomes, like I think the only way you're going to get Patrick Mahomes off there is if you take both his legs, rip them off, and beat him with them. That's the only way you're getting that kid off the field. (laughs) But uh, the fact that he has a high ankle sprain and still came back out and continued to play that game uh, just shows you how tough this kid is. But is it more tough? Is he more tougher than brave and brave than stupid? I don't know. But either way, this team is definitely a different dynamic when he is playing than when he is not playing. And so it'll be interesting to see how he feels next week uh, playing that AFC championship game. But with the Jags, uh, it was a very, it was a very tough grinded out game for Kansas city, but they were able to pull it out. DJ, what do you got to say about that, sir? It's pretty much comes down to the turnovers. I mean, everything was very well evenly matched. I mean, both teams uh, totaled, uh, 362 uh, total yards for uh, Kansas City, 349 for the Jags. It just came down to the turnovers, and you know they didn't get didn't get points on those on those drives. They were trading turnovers for um, points, and, and that doesn't work. And when you don't win the turnover dif- differential, that that usually comes back and bites you. Um, I gotta gotta give them a lot of credit though. Um, it shows what a what a Good coach can do for you. Doug Peterson's a well-to-well machine. He had this team prepared. Um, Kansas City's just been there, done that. So uh, they don't have to really worry about all the intangibles 
of, of what the atmosphere brings. They knew what was coming up and uh, they weathered the storm and uh, got it done. So uh, kudos to them, but um, Jags are, are on the up and up. Um, I, I like, I like them next year as far as, as far as the division winner. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting if Pat is going to be hundred percent healthy uh, because um, it's going to be a tough matchup that they got uh, coming into town. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting for sure. I, I know we talked about this a lot on the show, but I saw it from game one in the season. I thought that the Jags were a lot better than people were giving credit for. And they're definitely a team on the rise. And uh, I've been pretty impressed uh, by them in this run. Arun, any final thoughts on this game uh, before we switch over to the other AFC uh, divisional round game? Yeah, I think Jesse uh, touched on it, that Kansas City was kind of like favored and they kind of took care of business, especially after that Pacheco run Um, and Mahomes was injured, but he came back and played pretty admirably. And uh, Jacksonville just kind of got off to a slow start. And after that huge comeback win against the Chargers, they had an emotional letdown, I feel like, in this Chiefs game. And uh, Kansas City's, um, they're really great. And Kelsey, he kind of carried the torch. And it'll be interesting to see how they play against the Bengals going forward. Yeah, for sure. It's a good segue. Cincinnati uh, played the Bills. I really thought the Bills would put up a better game, especially at home in the sort of snowy conditions. Uh, but uh, Cincinnati took it to them right from the beginning. Um, you know, Buffalo was favored uh, before the start of the game, uh, but pretty quickly on, uh, Cincinnati was able to score and then score again before the end of the first quarter. Uh, they made it 14 to 7. Uh, but then a field goal uh, right before the end uh, before the end of the first half, um, a a field goal made it close within seven. But then they got a touchdown at the end of the third quarter, and then a field goal to kind of seal it, twenty seven uh, to ten. But it, from my mind, Cincinnati was just uh, took over this game, and um, you know Buffalo never really had a chance in it. But uh, Jesse, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, uh, my boy asked me, who would you rather know? Who would you least want to play in the Super Bowl? And I I said the Bengals because the Bengals have, uh, obviously, they have Jamar Chase, uh, you know, top probably top five receiver in the league. Uh, T. Higgins, who probably starts in half, on half, or is probably the number one on half of the other teams in the NFL. And then Todd Boyd or Tyler Boyd, who has, I think, two 1,000 yard reception or two 1,000 yard receiving seasons uh, under his belt. They're all like 6'3 plus, you know what I mean? Fast, long, can catch the ball. Like, it, they're, they're are, they are tough. And those first two drives when they scored, I was like, it's going to be a long day for the Bills, man, because they cannot stop them. And then you add Joe Mixon in the, in the mix. It's, you know what I mean? It, it was over, man. I thought in those first two drives, I was like, I don't think they're going to get them, man. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up offensively. And um, and I think they're 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 underrated defensively. You know what I mean? They got a pretty good pass rush. Um, their secondary is decent. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, the, the Bills, they – I mean, they shit the bed, man. They, they really didn't – they didn't show me anything. And uh, I thought Josh Allen could have took over a little bit, maybe – uh, maybe maybe a little bit more design runs or, or something, but they had to wake up that team, man, and they didn't they didn't do it. And uh, you know they doubled Stephon Diggs the whole time. You know what I mean? They don't have the the talent, you know, on 
on that offensive side of the ball. They have Stephon Diggs, and literally that's it. Gabe Davis is okay. You know what I mean? McKenzie's okay. Their running game's, you know, okay. You know what I mean? But in, in this league, and especially in the AFC, you better have some stars. You know what I mean? And they need to they need to get a better running back. Uh, they need to get a better number two receiver. You know what I mean? Or they're not going to be able to catch up. And uh, Josh Allen can only take him so far. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. Uh, Champ, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, – I in my mind, I think the Ravens were a much tougher team in the last one, and they prepared them a lot better um, than Miami clearly prepared Buffalo for this matchup. What are your thoughts on that and uh, this matchup? Uh, well, I mean, Cincinnati had 412 total yards of offense. That should tell you a lot about how – uh, much how well they did with this game especially in those conditions with like a torrential snowstorm going on it was like incredible to see them just move the ball so efficiently both on the ground and through the air uh, in hostile territory and I would have thought Buffalo would have been a lot more inspired in terms of the play, especially with DeMar Hamlin being in the building, in the, in the stadium for this game. And it just seemed like they just came out as flat as, as many people think the earth is. And it's crazy to think that that's what this team who was so good. This most of this regular season would do in a spot like this with, uh, with DeMar being in the building. Uh, The other thing that was really crucial was that 60% of the time when the, Bengals were on third down they were getting first down they had 30 of them this entire game which means they stayed on the field and they kept Josh Allen that office on the field off the field for as long as possible to give them that chance to be able to run away with this uh the score doesn't indicate how how far away from close this was uh the Bengals were were much more hungrier for it they came in the hostile territory and they were able to take it to them to make it so that this AFC championship game is not on a neutral site they will be heading to Kansas City to play Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. I really wanted that neutral site game. So I was kind of bummed. That was why I was, I was that was my only rooting interest in this whole thing. It's just because I thought that was gonna be a really cool thing. I know Dujane, you and I talked about it last week. Uh, but hey, you gotta listen to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow said it best. Better get them refunds. Yeah, you can't <laughs> sell good. tickets, you can't sell tickets to a game that haven't happened yet. That is the biggest jinx ever. Um but I understand the NFL had to do that to try to figure out the logistics of it. But uh, the second they started doing that, I, I, you know, and that's why I maybe root for it harder, but I kind of knew that was never going to happen. But Dujanay, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Buffalo did pretty much what Buffalo does. Um, we talked about this last week. Both of these teams are a type of team that at some point in the game, they kind of go MIA just for a little bit. The offense goes into a lull and they allow their opponent back in the game. Well, the Bills never even got started. It's it's wild and the, con- the conditions that favor them in their own home stadium that it was impossible for them to even – they never got their legs at all. Uh, and I think Jesse made some good points about their wide receiver core. Um, some things just got put – I wouldn't say exposed, but they were stressed a little bit more and showed that they needed they need a playmaker here and a playmaker there. Um, it's a little interesting that they weren't able to take advantage of some of the injuries that the Bengals had received across that front. Um, but it's Joe Burrow, man. Like <laughs> the guy is just a, a another fun cat to watch, and. Um, yeah, man, when you got the running game going as well as they did, mixing 20 carries, 105, um, you got Chase cooking. Um, 
you know, it's it's impossible. It's it's impossible to stop when you don't have things cooking for you. They never were able to get their feet. So it's going to be a really interesting AFC championship game for sure. Um, you know, I I thought the Ravens were a good good opponent. You know, for uh, I believe it was the Bengals going into this thing. So I. I don't think we could have had any better with both of these championship games. So it's going to be interesting to see if Joe can get back to, to a big game and uh, if he can not only punch his ticket, but possibly get himself a trophy. Um, but either way, it's going to be fun, man. The storylines that are, that are floating around with all with these two games and you go into the Super Bowl and the possible storylines there could be, um, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah, it's just so weird that it's a rematch and it went to overtime last year. And yeah. uh, so it was a very close, close game. Uh, Arun, uh, your final thoughts on the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, and I'll let you give your kind of fr- uh, first take on um, this uh, championship game. Yeah, the Bills hangover from the Dolphins game kind of continued when they were pretty much dominating the Dolphins and then it was only a three-point game against Tyler Thompson. So this one... Um, a lot of people were predicting that Cincinnati's offensive line would have a lot of problems, but um, Buffalo simply didn't have the pass rush that Baltimore had, and um, Cincinnati was able to take advantage, especially on the ground, Mixon with over 100 yards, and Burrow even outbrushed Josh Allen. I don't really know. Buffalo didn't kind of abandon the running game. I know they were behind, but... Um, Single carry only had six carries for 24 yards. He probably could have gotten more. And Allen, especially in cold weather, probably needs to see more than eight carries. And um, the receiving receivers are better for the Bengals. But I think more importantly, Mixon had over 100 yards on the ground. And when they were down 14 nothing, they showed Hamlin up in the box. They did, that can really shift momentum. And Allen kind of overthrew his receivers, kind of like he was doing against the Dolphins. And that just made, I thought it would be a cl- much closer game and it clearly wasn't. And Cincinnati was the better team. And even before that crazy um, incident of Cincinnati was winning the game. So I guess they were the better team. Buffalo might be, I think the neutral site was probably better for Buffalo. Like, cause they seem to be more in, indoor team, but they, they have to play in their own home field with the cold weather. Um, as for the Bengals, um, Chiefs game. I think it's going to be a really good game. The Chiefs are looking for revenge for last year, but right now I'm feeling more like the Bengals will or should be favored just because Mahomes is injured and the skill position players, Higgins and Chase. Kelsey's great, but even the Bengals have Hurst and Mixon in the backfield. I think the Bengals um, should, could continue momentum and win this game, but anything can happen and championship game just like last year yeah um now champ has multiple camera angles i'm really impressed it's like production is like we're in the matrix one moment and then now i like shifting cameras so um but uh yeah it's gonna be interesting nonetheless champ i'm gonna let you give your uh, thoughts next on uh this uh afc championship game if we get the same game we got last year, this year, I will be a happy man. I'll be as happy as a pig rolling around in S-H-I- and sugar honey iced tea. I'll tell you what. 
I mean, I mean, you look at the matchup, and I mean, you have two very, very talented young quarterbacks, and Joe Shiesty and Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, but you got Mahomes at less than a hundred percent with a high ankle sprain, so his mobility is going to be very limited. So clearly, Cincinnati's got to bring the house because he's not going to be able to run very much with that with that ankle injury if he does happen to play, but. He does have a very talented wide receiving core uh, with with Scantling, with MVS, and with Kelsey. Uh, he has a very uh, very decent running game that will be able to kind of keep the heat off of him. Where and on the opposite side, Cincinnati also has the same thing: a very competent running game and some weapons on the outside in terms of the passing game. I feel like this is going to be a shootout. I don't think this is going to be as I don't think it's going to be a lot of defense. I think it's going to be who blinks first in terms of offensive uh, momentum. Who's going to blink first? Will it be KC who looks like they can plow away and get into the Super Bowl? Or will it be Cincinnati who will get into their second straight Super Bowl? I mean, who blinks first? I'm just I just can't wait for this one. I'm going to be watching this one from beginning to end because this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't if you're if you're not looking forward to a game like this, can you really call yourself a football fan? This is going to be a fun game to watch because we saw it last year. We saw how exciting it was. I feel like this is going to be the same. I don't predict a blowout. This is a blowout. I will be disappointedly surprised, honestly, but that's my take. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I'm sort of bummed that tomorrow, uh, next Sunday I'm traveling, and so I don't know how much of these games I'll get to say. But what's great is I took Monday off because uh, I get in so late on Sunday. So I'm going to rewatch these games, like the the YouTube ones where they show all the highlights. And um, um, and so I'll enjoy it that way. I'm, I'm bummed that I won't get to see them live because I know they're going to be both really incredible games this uh, weekend. Jesse, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, AFC championship? Yeah, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room is, uh, you know, Mahomes' ankle, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, if... if He's not going to be 100. percent We know that. Um, but you know how how bad is it going to be? Uh, someone on ESPN was like, he was able to play on Sunday because it's the adrenaline. You're there. You're you're kind of ready to rock. Um, he's all. I want to know what he feels like today. You know what I mean? Is, is it going to be swollen? You know, like how is it going to feel right now? And um, you know, you know, building up and on in the preparation to the game, like you know, how's this? How's it going to feel? Like is it is he going to be able to 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 get that thing loose enough to get out there? And obviously he's going to play. There's, there's no, there's no question, but, um, however, he, his arm is, is so strong that sometimes he doesn't need two feet to, to throw the ball. You know what I mean? Like most quarterbacks do, he can throw a ball. Like we're watching it on Sunday that he can't throw a ball off one foot. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, he, he, if you bring the house, he can still, he can still hit, he can still hurt you. You know what I mean? And he's got, like I say, he's got some speedsters still, uh, on the outside, he's got Travis Kelsey, who is like the ultimate security blanket. So, um, but, uh, you know, the, like I said, the Cincinnati uh, pass rush is pretty good. You know what I mean? They've definitely played over their heads during the playoffs. And uh, I I think it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to, to, to win. I'm picking the Bengals to win, but uh, I don't think it's going to be close, man. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think it's going to be come down to the last the last uh, possession, like DC was saying, uh, whoever has the ball last is probably going to win. Um, I just don't think it's going to be as high scoring as, you know, we're used to uh, just because of that, you know, mobility that Mahomes has. But 
Um, you know, Chiefs have an underrated defense, I think. You know what I mean? Um, they got they got some 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 opportunistic defenders, and uh, I think yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Both games are going to be so much fun, and uh, they're you know if you love football, this is going to be a great weekend, man. Usually, championship weekend usually has great games, and uh, this is not going to be any different for sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I really think Cincinnati's defense in my book is better than Kansas City's in these sort of games and based on the teams that they've had to face up until this point. Uh, so I think that that might be a difference maker, but I agree. I think it's going to be a relatively uh, close matchup between the two of them. But Dujan, any final thoughts on uh, this uh, championship game? Oh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to the chess match between quarterbacks, um, you know, we'll see how healthy Mahomes is, but um, I think this is Cincinnati's game to lose. I really do. Um, you know, Kansas City's got weapons, but I really think Cincinnati matches up well. And the difference maker is just going to be them being able to run the ball effectively with Joe Mixon and do what they did um against buffalo continue that trend and uh if you put points on the board you can kind of control things a little bit they don't want to get behind this game not at all um i don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game either i think this is gonna be a slugfest you know, defense is gonna be playing very well um forcing these offenses to really go into you know execute well and really execute well in the red zone so uh, it's going to be a fun game, man, really fun game. I think it's going to be one of those games that comes down to the last possession, um, you know, kind of same as last year. Last possession, um, and, and who can execute the best, uh, you know, when 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 time is, is of the essence. For sure. Um, just exciting uh, week in football. I'm happy we were able to break all these games down and uh, preview some of these games. Uh, I'm going to let Dujanay uh, give his – uh, final send off and, and I'll let him go and then I'll let Jesse do the same um, unless Jesse wants to talk uh, oh, maybe he would Jesse your team is the Lakers right no I'm actually a heat fan um, heat fan. it's a, no, it's a long that. story long story uh, I, I think I, I think I told you last time but yeah uh, yeah 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 for sure and that's fine um, all right uh, I'll let Dujane give his uh, final send off and then I'll let Jesse get out of here as well. But uh, Dujane, thank you so much um, for everything as always. Uh, anything happening in the world of uh, uh, your writings or podcasts this week? Um, we're working on a show possible this week for the breakdown with me and Karina Parks. Uh, Going to talk a little bit of Commanders, a lot of playoff stuff, um, a few things that happen in the world. Uh, you know, of college football coaching, and, and we're going to talk about the PR sides of of those things with Ed Reed. Um, I want to thank the Washington Wizards for uh, trading us uh, Hachimura, excellent player, a player that the Lakers need badly um, if they want to be able to compete in the playoffs. I think it'll be a real boost for them in the regular season. So um, thank you, Wizards even though you probably should have kept him. He's a great player, but we'll take him. So uh, thanks. Yes, and, I, uh, that's about got, it, man. Yeah, we got pretty fleeced in this trade. We'll definitely break it down in, in a little bit. Uh, but 
I understand he, we have too many forwards and not enough guards. And at some point where you have to make that shift and we did get to uh, stockpile a lot of second round picks, which are almost always busts, but you know, sometimes <laughs> you get a second round pick that works out. So it's, it's possible. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely break that down in just a minute, but thank you so much for your time. And uh, maybe we'll get you next week uh, to recap these two games. If you have the time. All right, man. Thank you guys so much. Always a pleasure to be on. Sounds good. All right, Jesse, thank you for uh, staying on and doing a probably, I don't know, an hour segment instead of a 15 minute one. Uh, it was <laughs> fun breaking down all of this. Um, feel free to shout out. I, I have um, your command that shouts out your Instagram, but let people know a little bit about what you do and uh, any final thoughts on before I let you go. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, dude, thanks for having me on, dude. Um, one, first of all, I want to say congratulations, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you've been doing this for a long time and, uh, I know a lot of people listen to this and like, you know, like I said, man, you're, you're great at it. And, uh, you know, just, I love coming on. I do lurk, you know what I mean? Uh, I may not be in the chat all the time because I'm always kind of working, but I, I do lurk and I do like to hear, hear what you got going on. And I do catch a little bit of that, uh, that hockey, hockey talk, you know what I mean? I'm not super into, and like, uh, I'm not well versed in hockey, but, uh, you know what I mean? I like, to, I like to listen to it. Um, but yeah, man, um, follow me on uh, on instagram at jesse.breakpoint uh i'm a talent agent so like, i book concerts and stuff like that uh comedy shows as well um but follow me and uh you know there, i got shows you know playing all over the country so if they're ever in your city you know what i mean especially in dc i'll get you on the on the guest list robbie you know you you let me know yeah, if for you sure. want me so I'll, I'll promote the hell out of it so I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. happy to, to do that so yeah yeah but uh yeah that you know that that's what i got going on but uh um, you know, huge sports fan. Uh, I, I grew up wanting to be a uh, sports broadcaster back in the day. You know what I mean? So this kind of scratches that itch a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's fun. You know, I, I like to think I'm knowledgeable sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you, you're, you were great today. And you're always, I was about to say this, you're always welcome to come back any week that you uh, want to talk football with us, you know, whether or not uh, you guys win, you know, this week and want to talk, you know, Super Bowl recap. We'll see how whatever. I feel on, we'll yeah, see how we'll I feel say, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, if, exactly. If, so, if we win, uh, I, uh, there's probably a good chance you might see me again. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but uh, but no, totally no. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate the opportunity, and uh, you know, shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, I got to see a lot of like names, like you know, I see, got to see Andy and Carly. You know what I mean? I haven't haven't seen them in a while, but uh, yeah, uh, Twitch, you're amazing as well. Uh, I do hope to start my my uh, interview series back again. Uh, it just kind of depends on how busy I get, you know, with the music stuff, but. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. I uh, appreciate you as always. And uh, it's fun after a year of not doing this, it can uh, catch back up. And, uh, you know, I love that we're both uh, Facebook friends so that way we can sort of still see how our families and all that sort of stuff and stay connected that way. But uh, I do Absolutely. miss you on here. Uh, you had a great podcast here. Hopefully it'll come back out of hiatus someday. And uh, uh, maybe I'll even be your mod again. So, um, you know. I think you're still on there. So you, yeah, you're, you're I probably locked am. It, it doesn't display, but that's only because you haven't streamed in the last three months. But uh yeah. Uh, but I, I always enjoy your interviews and uh, we'll definitely have to chat soon. Absolutely, man. You have a good right. one. You too. All right, guys, we're going to do a little shifting of gears here. Um, but I appreciate uh, everyone for being a part of that awesome uh, NFL segment. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just so great to see uh, Jesse again. Um, yeah, big trade news. I think that's obviously where we're going to start uh, this um, thing. Arun. Uh, you're always so good with the facts and figures. Uh, can you break down 
this trade uh, for people who may not have uh, gotten the breaking news today, and then the three of us can uh, chat about it a little bit. Yeah, the, the Wizards, they traded uh, Rui Hachimura, who just put up a 30-point game against the Orlando Magic for Kendrick Nunn um, and three second-rounders. And one of those second-rounders is owned by Chicago Bulls, which is more valuable, which is in this year's draft. It could be like a number 38 pick. And um, Rui Hachimura is a free agent. Um, and the Wizards... Um, can't, couldn't probably afford to keep both Kuzma and Hachimura. Maybe they won't even be able to keep Kuzma at the end of the day. So if they weren't going to um, keep Hachimura, it probably made sense for them to trade him. And the Lakers, they're trying to improve their roster. They're actually taking on more salary. Um, they're a big market. Their, their window is limited with LeBron James, already 38 years old. And um, they acquired another former wizard. They already have Russell Westbrook, Troy Brown Jr., um, Thomas Bryant, and Rui um, played on that playoff team with um, Russell Westbrook um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, I don't really think this is a bad trade necessarily for the Wizards, especially because they weren't going to keep um, Rui. And the last couple of trades with the Lakers have been pretty favorable, but um, that the draft pick of Rui is not looking great right now. He's picking number nine um, three years ago, but it's a sunk cost and it's better to move on than lose him for nothing, especially since the Wizards are not, they right now have the sixth worst record in the NBA and, they, um, um, and they're probably more concerned about keeping Kuzma at this point, although maybe he'll be traded. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Chip, what are some of your thoughts on this trade? We got we got scammed. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got scammed. We got absolutely scammed. Uh, we get a second rounder for this upcoming draft in 20, in this year, which, okay, yeah, the Bulls own it. Cool. But according to Woj, who got this from sources that knew about this trade with, before it became official, is that we're getting a, what, quote, unquote, least favorable second round pick in 2028 between both the Lakers and the Wizards, which Orlando supposed to get the most favorable, uh, the better favorable second rounder in that year uh, between the two teams. That according to real GM, and then we're getting uh, Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers' own uh, second round selection in 2029. So we, I feel like we got scammed on this one. But Rui kind of hinted that he was ready. He was ready to go uh, after he put up 30 points uh, uh, recently. That he was ready to go. He said he wanted to go to a place that was going to treat him like a basketball player. He had kind of fallen out after Kuz after uh, Kuzma had gotten here. He was a starter on the front court. Then he missed the year because of the ACL injury. He came back. He's been mostly a bench player for the last uh, season and a half. So he kind of fell out of favor a little bit and. Uh, that kind of, I guess that kind of messed with his, his confidence a little bit that he went from being the starter and being a, a, a focal point of that front court to being a backup because you have a Kyle Kuzma there. You have a Kristaps Porzingis in that front court. So now he goes to the Lakers and clearly the Lakers uh, really wanted that, uh, wanted him to be a part of that front court uh, with LeBron and with AD getting ready to come back. Uh, General Manager Rob Palenka in a statement announcing the trade uh, mentioned that he said, quote, adding both size and depth to the wing position has been a goal and the chance to accomplish that by acquiring a player with Rui's two-way skills and upside was an opportunity that doesn't present itself often. So clearly getting 
Hachimura was a big W for the Lakers and a bit of an L for the Wizards because of the fact that they got the picks and they got none who has only been averaging six points and one rebound, almost seven points and one rebound per game in 39 games with the Lakers. Even though he's gotten gone up in the last nine games, averaging 11 points and two rebounds and an assist per game, and he had a 23-point game against the Hawks two weeks ago, I still it'll be interesting to see how this trade plays out, who wins, but I just feel like the Wizards kind of got scammed on this one, honestly. I kind of tend to agree with you on this, except for we just desperately need better guard play. And obviously our draft pick has been a bust, right? And uh, we definitely needed somebody. Um, And I don't know. Arun, do you think it's a bust? Or do you, I mean, obviously we don't know yet, but what are your thoughts? Uh, I think none is pretty much like not really the reason they're making this trade because he's a point guard and unless they're planning to play him in the backcourt I guess this opens up more minutes for Kispert in the backcourt but uh Wright and Morris have been pretty good at like adequate at the point guard position and Jordan Goodwin um he'll probably I think he's probably going to see minutes before none does I think this is just simply about getting picks and maybe they'll try to move none at the deadline try to flip some picks and do something with that just with his expiring salary uh, but I just don't think Rui, I guess Rui has a lot of potential. I just don't think he's been that good. He has the worst plus minus on the team. Just this last week, a Wizards um, coach anonymously said that Rui was the worst defender that he's ever coached. He said worse than Nick Young as far as a team concept. And he's already been in the league four years, so I don't know if that's going to get better, but maybe under LeBron and or being coached by Darvin Ham will be better. But I don't think Wes Unsolved Jr. is like a terrible head coach, but I guess we'll find out if Rui puts it together. Maybe he just couldn't get it through to Rui. But right now, I don't know like how many more minutes are going to open up for Rui. He couldn't play that well behind Porzingis and um, uh, Gafford. I don't know like how many minutes he'll get behind LeBron James um, and uh, Anthony Davis and Thomas Bryant actually had a 30 point game. Um, he was signed for the minimum by the Lakers. I just think at the end of the day, they, they're probably going to draft Rui's replacement and this season's probably a lost cause and the Lakers. I don't know. Like, I guess they, they might make the playoffs. But I don't really think they're in like championship contention after this trade and they probably could sign Rui as a free agent. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to tell. All right. Let's see. Um, I want to try something real quickly and see if I can get, we haven't done this in a while, but um, see if I can share the screen with this link. Okay. Here's yes. And then I click here. So we'll try to project the wizards, uh, you know, games up on the scoreboard. So we're going to try it now and see if it works, but uh, here we go. Share screen. button back to zoom and make you guys a little bit bigger and there we go all right uh let's go back to talk about some of the games from uh this week uh last week we did a post game show even though it was many 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 hours removed uh from the warriors game uh so we can skip that one uh, we can talk about uh, this game, uh, which is against the uh, New York Knicks. 
And um, uh, so the, the scoring started off well for the Wizards. They outscored them uh, 35. Um, well, let me just see if I can make this a little bit better. Um, 35 to 22. And then uh, the Knicks came back a little bit in the second quarter, outscored them 26 to 21. The Wizards outscored them by two in the third uh, and by one in the fourth. But by that point, they had, a, had got a 116-105 victory. Uh, Kyle Kuzma uh, led the scoring for the Wizards with 27 points. Uh, Porzingis had 22. Uh, Bradley Beal had 18. Uh, so all three of them played pretty well. Uh, overall, I, I thought that the, uh, they just played well as a team uh, and good team defense uh, for the most part, uh, you know, holding the Knicks to 41% from field goal uh, percentage. But uh, I'll go to uh, Champ first. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on this game? So it was clear that, you know, Bill was on a minutes restriction. And this was his first game back after missing uh, multiple games due to a hamstring injury. And so he only played 29 minutes, but still managed to get 18 points in those 29 minutes. So clearly uh, he was he was back almost a full form here. Uh, but he, he was but the team got carried by the other members of the big three here. Kuz with 27 with a double double uh, KP with a double double uh, Monte Morris also had double figures as well. And Denny had 14 off the bench. Right had 11 off the bench. So clearly they got there a lot of production on the offensive side of the board. And then, of course, on the defensive side, uh, they were able to play well and they were able to turn things around from uh, when the Knicks came into our house and kind of embarrassed us. They We went to their house and decided we're going to embarrass them. Uh, they shot pretty well from on the field. Uh, they shot a lot better from three than the Knicks did. Seven to 26 for the Knicks. That's terrible. You're not going to win a lot of games if you can't make double digit threes. And that's basically the long and the short of it. And then shooting well from the free throw line, everything sort of worked well and worked out for the Wizards leading to them being able to get that victory to come off of that loss to the, uh, to the Golden State Warriors on Monday and get this victory and really start to push forward uh, after this one. Yeah. I remember some of your thoughts. Yeah. Just pretty much everyone on the Wizards like had a good game except for Rui and Todd Gibson. Um, uh, Beal coming off his injury, he took only 11 shots, but he had 18 points, which was pretty efficient. Kuzma um, had a lot of highlight threes, got to the rim. Um, Porzingis returned back to New York, I believe, for the first time um, and or in a Wizards uniform. And he got a lot of booze when he fouled out of the game, but he had an efficient stat line of 22 points, 11 rebounds, and uh, five assists. So you'll take that. And the Wizards kind of control this game, even though Brunson was great. He had 32 points. Um, Barrett was pretty efficient, but Randall kind of shot them out of the game. And Mitchell Robinson, once he left the game with an injury, the Wizards were able to get to the rim and dominate in the paint. Um, they even didn't really have to play Gafford that many minutes, and he was kind of efficient, although he had a couple of turnovers. Uh, the Wizards kind of controlled this game. They didn't give up the big lead in the fourth quarter, and they walked away with the win. Yep. All right. And then the next game uh, was the really exciting one against the Magic. So we get, went into this game, I believe, with a six-game win streak over the Magic, and uh, – uh, we were able to outscore them 37 to 26 in the first quarter, able to score 33 more in the second, outscored them by two on that one. 
Uh, the Magic came back and had a pretty good third. Uh, they outscored them by four, 34 to 30. But then the Wizards just turned it on in the fourth, outscored them 38 to 27. So uh, no quarter under 30 points. Uh, ended up with 138 points to 118. Uh, just overall, just a really great game uh, by uh, Kuzma, but also by Rui Hachimura, who's no longer on our team. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe that helped us with the, the trade value. I don't know. But, uh, uh just an overall really great win i'm happy we won seven in a row over the magic i know the magic aren't very good but you kind of have to have a couple of these games uh every once in a while to um you know and uh yeah what champ what are some of your thoughts uh i think one of the main takeaways from this game is that the wizards never trailed in this game they had full control of this game from start to finish and that is the way you play these type of games especially against a team who you have beaten the last six times prior to this is you never trail uh the unfortunate thing is you did lose Christos Porzingis in this game to a left ankle sprain uh, he's going to be out for at least a week maybe more he'll be reevaluated next week but you'll not have him for at least a couple of games he did score 17 before exiting the game with that ankle injury uh Bill did uh come in and score 17 and only his second game back after missing uh, several with a hamstring injury. But I think the big news was Rui Hachimura in his final game as a wizard scoring a career high 30 points uh, to give this team this big, big victory over the Orlando magic. And I mean, just all around a near perfect performance for this Wizards team. And they needed it to extend their winning streak to two games after a big victory over the Knicks, then turning around and adding to their win streak over the magic by getting, having a dominant performance on all sides of the ball with so many players in double figures and just absolutely dominating the, the magic at home. Yeah. So Arun, we, we kind of needed this win going into the next couple of games. What were some of your thoughts about uh, getting it done? Yeah, the pretty much everyone on the Wizards played well in this one. They shot 53% from three-point range, and when this team's knocking down threes, they're already dominating in the paint. Um, Porzingis only shot three of 10, but he got to the free throw line 10 times, and he had 17 points before, as uh, Ken mentioned, he left with an injury, um, which was unfortunate. It's, it's right now listed that he's week-to-week. So we'll see how the team adjusts. And then Rui went off in the third quarter, and I believe he didn't have a point to do his first four shots. But then he somehow had like 30 points with like eight minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Um, he had 30 points earlier in the season. He wasn't able to get his career high. And then it was interesting, the comments he made after the game that he didn't know if he wanted to be here. And he um, didn't know whether or not he wanted to be in a Wizards uniform. Um, so maybe that, even though he's already in trade talks, maybe that's what finally got the deal done that the Wizards were willing to move on from him. But Kuzma played well. Um, I thought he was the player of the game with uh, 25 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. But Rui, you could also argue that he was the player of the game in his final appearance in the Wizards uniform. And it'll be interesting to see how Beal and Kuzma play without Porzingis and going forward because they're three and two without it. Yeah. I mean, I, at least he went out on, on a positive note as a, a player. I've always liked Rui Hachimura, but I also felt like he's a player that's never reached his full potential. I see that he did in this game, but it's just consistency. Like, I just don't feel like I see it enough out of him. And 
they gave him a lot of opportunities. It wasn't like, um, you know, he hasn't had his opportunities here. And I think that there's been just a lot of inconsistency in his play, but I, I would not be shocked if there's a resurgence in LA. I mean, um, this happens a lot to the wizards and the bullets before them that players have moved on and then, you know, found their bright spot right after leaving us. So it would not shock me if that happened for sure. And in that regard, I do think we got fleeced a little bit. Um, let's talk about the upcoming schedule here. Um, we've got the the Mavericks tomorrow at eight 30. Uh, and it, it turns around and have to play uh, the Rockets right after that at eight o'clock. On Saturday, there's an 8 p.m. game against the Pelicans. And then um, next Monday, there's a live game, uh, the Wizards versus the Spurs. Uh, so a lot of games this week in a relatively short period of time. A lot of them difficult. It's a West Coast swing. Uh, next week, obviously, uh, by the time we get to uh, Wizards talk, it'll probably be a, a either a post game or in the fourth quarter conversation. Uh, so that'll definitely be interesting uh, to have next week. But uh, we'll start off with um, Champ. Uh, your thoughts? Well, why don't we break it down? Uh, we'll do the first two uh, the Texas games, then we'll break down the last two games. Uh, your thoughts on uh, playing the the Texas two-step, if you will, at 8.30 and 8 o'clock on consecutive days against a really tough Mavericks team. Right. So, I mean, this is a very, very interesting schedule for the Wizards facing the Mavericks, who currently sit fifth in the Western Conference uh, right now. They're playing very tough. And then you got to turn around and then play Houston, who is pretty much at the bottom of the Western Conference. So it would be huge for the Wizards to get a big victory over the Mavericks and then turn around and just trounce Houston. But I just don't see that happening. Honestly, I don't see that happening because you, you're coming off a of back-to-back. It's very tough. It's not like you're traveling very far. You're going from Dallas to Houston. That's not much of a far trip, but it's a back-to-back. So your legs are not going to be there. You're, you're, you, you know, it, it's going to be a, a basically a test of will but for this team to be able to go from facing a very tough team like the Mavericks and then having to go with little energy and face a very, very subpar, not even subpar, a very bad Houston Rockets team and get up for such a game. So you got, there's got to be that sense of, Hey, we're going up against a very tough Mavericks team. We got to play them tough, but then we have to go into our reserves and face this Rockets team and really beat them down. So I'm calling this a split here. I think they lose to the Mavericks, but then they come into Houston pissed off and they stomp Houston. Yeah, I was just looking at the upcoming schedule for the Rockets, and it does seem uh, that they've got the advantage in the fact that they played today and they'll have a, a day off b- between them. Uh, but uh, it's tough because it's not even a full 24 hours. The second game is at 8 o'clock. So if like the Mavericks game, if it goes to like, overtime, let's say, or he goes late, like that's going to be really rough for them. But uh, Arun, what are your thoughts on uh, playing uh, these two games back to back? Yeah, the Dallas game is very, I don't know, it's tough to say because Dallas depends on which team shows up because they're capable, Dallas is capable of beating any team in the NBA. But earlier this season, they lost to the Wizards without Porzingis and without Beal. Um, and this one, the Wizards will have Beal. So I think Dallas is the better team on paper, but effort it will be a key for them. And um, I, the Wizards are also seem super motivated whenever they play the Mavericks because I think they really don't like Spencer Dinwiddie. 
and they get up and play against the Mavericks. But if Luca gets going and the officials give him a lot of calls, it'll be tough to win that game. As for the back-to-back, the Wizards are five and three this season on the second night with no rest. And Houston is pretty awful. Like, I don't know what's going on there. They, none of their young players play defense. Um, Sengun is a very good, like, Jokic type of big man, great passing big guy. But I think the Wizards will probably beat Houston. So the, I, I do see that they won today, um, uh, which I guess was a, a home and home, uh, which they had just lost to the Timberwolves, um, you know, before. So, uh, so that's interesting. Uh, and they had lost their, their two previous games. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a, just a tough one just for the, for the scheduling. Talk about scheduling losses in our hockey segment. It's just um, these back-to-backs are brutal in, in basketball. But hopefully um, they do get the win, as Champ said, in the first one, and they can able to get that uh, momentum going in the second one. Um, I definitely think that it behooved the Wizards to win in regulation and not have it drawn out too far um, in that Mavericks game because they're going to have to find some way to conserve a little bit of energy there. Uh, the next game is not for a couple of days. It's not until Saturday. It's an 8 o'clock game against the Pelicans, and they'll have a day off, and then they'll go uh, back to um, uh, Texas uh, with the Spurs. Um, what? Well, I'll just break them down separately at this point, but – Champ, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans game on Saturday? This schedule is so weird because they're playing four games in seven days and two of the four teams they're playing are in the top five in the West with the Mavericks and then the Pelicans who are fourth in the West, whereas the the other two games, the Rockets and the Spurs, which we'll talk about in a bit, they're towards the bottom of the West. So you would think looking at that on paper, this is a two and two thing. The Pelicans are very, very, are going to be very, very tough. And it's in New Orleans on this road trip. CJ McCollum has been playing absolutely well this season, averaging 21 points, four, almost four, almost five rebounds and almost six assists per game. So he is a constant when it comes to this uh, Pelicans team. They're going to have to really play well. You're not going to have Porzingis most likely because he's dealing with the left ankle injury. You now don't have Rui, so you got to wonder where if none will be factored into the uh, this uh, into this team and this and what this team has in terms of rotation with the guards and how he'll be uh, uh, effective. On the other side, the Pelicans won't have Zion Williamson. He's dealing with a hamstring injury and things like that. So. It'll be interesting to see what they do with this game, but it's not going to be easy. The Pelicans are just way too tough of a team to deal with, and you're on the road having to you at least have a two day, you know, two days off before you face them after back to back. But that still could be a very, very daunting task for this Wizards team to face and beat this team. I call a loss for this one. Yeah, Ruben, what, do you see it the same way? Um, yeah, the Pelicans—they already blew out the Wizards by twenty points earlier in the season without Zion, um, maybe the Wizards get up, but Valanciunas is like a load for them to handle. And the Spurs, um, they haven't, I'm looking at stat news and they haven't won at San Antonio since 1999. I think like the Juan Howard era. So um, even though the Spurs are pretty bad, the, like for them, they're still kind of competitive. So it'll be kind of a test to see how good, how much the culture has changed wrong with Washington, but it might be an 0-2 um, part of the road trip. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, let's just get into this uh, game that will be next Monday that we'll be talking about live during the show, uh, having the second half and giving scoring updates and things like that. Uh, the Spurs always seem to give the Wizards fits. Um, I know that they're not the same Spurs team that they once were, but um, I, I never feel confident going into San Antonio. What are your thoughts, Champ? Yeah, um, <laughs> the, the Spurs record is 14 and 32 as we are speaking right now, but it seems like anytime the Wizards go into San Antonio, regardless of that the Spurs are towards the top of the, the, the conference or towards the bottom of the conference, they can never beat them in San Antonio. And that's what scares me about this one. The Spurs are towards the bottom of the Western Conference. Uh, they only average 112, close to 130 points per game but yet somehow the Wizards might go into this game with the losing streak that they have in San Antonio and find a way to still lose this game but I'm I'm feeling somewhat I'm, I'm as some optimism that they may finally break the curse and they win in San Antonio I'm calling it now I think they finally break the curse they'll have Bill back fully healthy They'll have Kuzma. They may or may not have Prozingas. We'll see how he, how his recovery goes for that ankle injury. I think they finally break the curse this Monday. They break the curse. I'm I'm calling it right now. Yeah, um, I would love that. Uh, Arun, what are your thoughts on uh, this Monday game? Yeah, at least um, the Spurs traded away Deontay Murray, um, who roasted them last time. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't foresee Porzingis being back. If he's back, I think Washington wins, but without him. And also, like, I don't really think they'll win um, on the road unless Denny, like, somehow has a really good game like he did against the Knicks. But um, I think it might be a little bit too much. Because even the Spurs are kind of playing competitive games. and They still have Greg Popovich. As long as they have him, they have a chance against the Wizards at home. And I don't think this Washington team is going to be the team that breaks the streak, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. All right. I think that we've uh, broken down uh, this week enough. Next week, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about with uh, those three games that have already happened, as well as, um, uh, you know, the game that's happening live. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think that, that should wrap up our uh, Wizards roundtable. I'll give you guys any final thoughts you have on the overall week, and then uh, I'll let you guys give your final send off as well. So, Arun, any, any final takeaway for the Wizards as they are currently constructed and going into this week? Um, yeah, right now they have the sixth best chance of the number one pick. So, if they're not going to make the playoffs, keep don't try to win too hard, and maybe they should try to trade Kuzma. He's going to demand like thirty million dollars a year they can't keep overpaying players like they overpaid Beal probably a little bit and that's probably why they weren't able to keep Rui so um, we'll see what happens in the trade deadline in a couple weeks yeah for sure and uh, Champ any final thoughts on uh, uh, what do you see as are we should we be a seller should we be a buyer should we just stand pat what are your thoughts 
Um, I think you stand pat. I mean, as long if Bill can stay healthy and you can get Kristaps Porzingis back healthy, I think your big three is definitely going to be the catalyst to be able to push you forward. Honestly, I just don't see anything out there that would really help and or hurt the Wizards uh, in terms of help them once they get past the all star break. I think you're fine where you are. Um, hopefully none can add to this team when he does, when he does get here. Uh, but right now I don't think you should be a buyer or a seller. I think you should stand pat and just work with what you have, but I'm going to once again, reiterate the wizards have a 22 game losing streak to the San Antonio Spurs of San Antonio. It ends Monday. You heard it here first. I, I would love that. I love that for us to be able to call that live, uh, for sure. But, um, Arun, I'm going to let you go. Uh, hopefully we uh, get to see you next week to talk maybe some uh, championship uh, NFL action and some live Wizards. But either way, we love having you on any week that we get you. And uh, let people know if there's anything you want to shout out this week before you go. Uh, not much to shout out, um, but thanks for having me on and look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right, Champ, I'm going to switch up our graphics and put up the No Spots podcast graphic and let people know uh, what's happening in the world. I know that there's a big matchup right now uh, that I'm so thankful that you're on this show. And uh, I know that there's uh, Raw uh, at 30 is is happening uh, right now in uh, Philadelphia. I know many people that actually went up for that. Uh, yeah. But let people know about all the big wrestling news uh, and uh, what's coming up on your shows this week. Well, I actually just watched it somewhat live and I it actually just ended about 20 minutes, about like 20 minutes ago. And it was a really good show. So myself and Sip will be recapping that along with everything else that happened this week up until Thursday because uh, the podcast will be streaming live on Friday uh, because on Saturday we will be live reacting to the Royal Rumble. It will be myself. It will be Sip. It will be Sage, who is our New Japan analyst and, and uh, contributor, as well as a special guest guests that will be joining us it will be a four-man uh crew that will be live reacting to the royal rumble this saturday night on twitch and not only are we going to be re- uh, talking about that and previewing that on the podcast but we will also have whatever news happen as well uh, as you know if many people did not hear about it last week uh, it was a tragic passing of the 13-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion, Jay Briscoe, uh, who passed away in a tragic two-car accident last week in his hometown of Delaware. Uh, he was only 38 years old. We had a tribute to him on the last podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, hit the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com. It was a very touching tribute to him, only 38 and a very, very sad situation. But this week, we will be looking forward to what we have ahead, including the Royal Rumble. So make sure you check that out. And coming up in March, we will be restarting our New Japan podcast series when the New Japan Cup gets ready to kick off on March the 5th. We will be kicking that off on March the 2nd. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye on that. Again, you can check us out, twitch.tv slash Pod, and, of course, partners button on sportsothp.com. Yep, and I also um, did uh, a little link there as well um, uh, on in Twitch chat if people just want to get to the audio podcast uh, from Twitch chat. So I appreciate Champ, as always, uh, for being a part of this, and it'll be fun to recap the uh, two championship games uh, next week uh, as well as uh, some of this Wizards stuff plus the live Wizards game. So we'll have a lot to break down. I'm excited uh, for episode uh, 297, which will be next week. It's crazy. We're on our way to episode 300, kind of in the final countdown there. 
Uh, it'll be fun to have a, a live uh, game. The Wizards wanted to talk about again. I kind of like this week that we could just chat with everybody and not have a live game to distract us. Um, but it'll be fun to have the Wizards game uh, back uh, next week as well. Uh, but uh, some great championship NFL action coming uh, for sure. But I hope that everyone does check out the No Spots podcast or they click the uh, Team Sports or THP link and then they get all of Champs links there as well for the podcast and Instagram and, uh, you know, Facebook and all of the things. So, um, but champ, it's been uh, so much fun. I, I can't believe we're so close to 300. Um, you know, we'll be there uh, pretty shortly and uh, yeah, it's been a fun show. I think I'm going to end the audio podcast on the Facebook side with that for DC sports without the politics sports on the hill podcast. Um, Rui, arigato, sayonara. <laughs>